This episode was brought to you by the following patrons. Sunsi, Stephanie, Wolfric, Natasha, Laura, Sophia, Garotica, Vance, Cody, Boezy, Jeremy, Brother, Ali, Nathan, Jennifer with a PH, Mr. Ragebomb, Libby, Wes, Dreskel, Aaron, Kristen, Tia, Lauren, Jonathan, Kate, Alex, Isaac, and Karoon. And if you want to hang out with us, please do so in the Facebook group where we and Annabelle hang out daily. Todd. It's the wife's fault for not supporting her doctor husband when he was trying to work. Like dealing with demons that try to steal your children is traditional woman's work. <laughs> she should have dealt with that at home. That's woman's work. I don't think that that's true, Mikey. Yeah, you go. We go to work, Todd. Drink our coffee. Go around the water cooler. Your woman is at home battling the supernatural? Yeah, with the whole water. At it. Yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, that's more of an us thing in traditional gender roles. And frankly, adult toy collectors, fuck them. <laughs> you hear that? Everyone who owns a pop figurine or maybe a micro machine sand crawler. You hear that? Every main character this month. <laughs> Thank you for tuning into Horror Virgin. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your Horror Virgin Todd, which means I don't like scary movies, but you guys make me watch them. And this week we watched... Annabelle. So was this the first time either of you had seen this one? Yes. Well, I'd seen Rosemary's Baby before, so it kind of felt <laughs> like I had seen this one. I dug it. Yeah, it does give a nice kind of ripoff vibe. Yeah. I honestly haven't seen Rosemary's Baby. They so named I the main characters after the actors in Rosemary's Baby. And then this movie proceeds as if somebody saw Rosemary's Baby and was like, what if I wrote this again, but with a Sharon Tate angle? Oh, I have to put a doll in it? Fine. <laughs> Do we have to use her as the main villain like Chucky? Oh, no. She's just going to no, be around static in the corner? She, she's we can do just that. there? Yeah, okay. No, no. We'll just zoom into her face after something scary happens. I mean, right. she is like Elf on a Shelf, but instead of like looking at your kids, it's like overseeing what the demon's doing. Yeah, she's the elf on the shelf that instead of reporting back to Santa is reporting back to, to like the kings of hell or whatever. <laughs> oh, sorry. Don't mind me. I'm just a doll reporting to Charles Manson. <laughs> like, that's what's happening in this movie. Hey, girl, what that demon do? <laughs> I, I I thought this movie kind of blew its load a little early. Like I was like, yeah, like the first, like the the Manson stuff at the beginning where the people break into their house, like kill the yeah. neighbors and come over. It was so scary. That was I was so like, wow. scary when he comes out of the house like the husband comes out of the house yes like that jump scare fucking terrified me like that whole that whole thing is super tense super effective like very scary right it should have been a short film and ended there because anything <laughs> after that was bad it was all bad as someone who knows too much about the Manson case enough to ruin parties. I was not <laughs> quite as scared during those moments. <laughs> Although I, I like if you had not included Manson at all, I would have been more oh, scared. 100%. I just thought the people breaking in trying to kill them was scary. Yes. Sure. I think for me, one of the scariest scenes and I'll burn a fun fact. It was one of the few scenes in this movie directed by James Wan. 
uh, is the elevator. That's the only scary that's one. Shit, that's fucking that terrifying. Me, man. Like that whole <laughs> sequence and the home invasion sequence for the in the very beginning. Like, yeah. those are the two hardest moments to get through. And I'm gonna rate this pretty high on the scary scale. I started watching this last night. Really? Yeah, I watched this last night. Uh, it was dark, and I got to the elevator scene, which I think is like 40, 40, 45 minutes into the movie. It's no, it's a little over an hour in, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think there was like forty minutes left. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah. 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 Uh, but I. I paused it and I was like, I have to come back to this tomorrow morning. And I watched the rest of it this morning because I, I like could not handle it. When it was like the third or fourth time and it opened it, it was the same room. I was like, oh, my God. Oh my God what do you what do you even fucking do? What do you even do? What do you do in that moment? And then she sees the exit and makes a run for it. I was just like, this is tense yeah. and scary. And it's probably the only reason this will rate higher than a one or two for me. Really? In that scene, I was like, I would just sit in that elevator and be like, look, I ain't coming out of the elevator. <laughs> you better come in here and get me. Yeah. <laughs> I am not getting out of this elevator. Yeah. <laughs> now, this will not bother everyone with this movie, but it very personally bothered me. If you are setting a movie in a specific time period and you do a bunch of things to make that. You mean like 911 not existing at the time? Not only that, uh, <laughs> it, it did exist in a way. It, like, And I think that's more just a movie, like, it would be confusing for modern audiences watching the movie to not have that be the case uh for me it was the photographs in the police files not being old and then there were a number (laughs) of like her clothes are always 1960s the house is mostly although they don't quite get it right but then a bunch of the baby stuff is just modern, full modern. <laughs> and and as someone who is unhealthily obsessed with mid-century design and stuff, it drove me fucking nuts through the <laughs> entire fucking movie because I'd be like, okay, this piece they is clearly extant garments. This is like from the time. That's from Target. Like just the yeah. whole movie. It's like a mismatch of like modern and 60s shit. Yes. Yeah. It was half and half. And very clearly, one of the only reasons they said it in the 60s is A, so it could be tangentially related to the Warrens. But then B, because they were very clearly just trying to remake Rosemary's Baby for some reason. And Rosemary's Baby is actually made in the 60s. And is beautiful. I, I understand it's problematic because of the director. I get it. Yeah. I, I understand. But from a film design standpoint and the set decoration, which they tried to emulate in this movie, is top notch. It is beautiful. And this movie is just like, see, we're doing it too. I'm like, no, you aren't. You literally have a Target baby blanket sitting right there like front and fucking center they hand her the baby in modern like hospital swaddling clothes yes that bothered me too are they the same blanket from 70 years ago or whatever no it is not not even remotely also they would typically just anesthetize women in the 60s yeah you you gave birth unconscious my grandmother did it was wild <laughs> like not always but a lot of the time the mo- the hospital is almost completely modern i was like what are we doing here like it is a historian's nightmare this movie <laughs> i do appreciate them setting it in pasadena through part of the last part of the movie because pasadena is haunted af is it oh my well that's where jack parsons did his experiments well i mean that doesn't make it haunted it just means that's where a lot of sex magic went down oh so if that's the case my house is haunted (laughs) (laughs) 
Todd, I'm about to blow your mind. Uh, so the apartment building they use is actually in Hollywood. They don't use one that is in Pasadena, but it is supposed to look like one in Pasadena that was an older kind of mansion that then got converted into apartments that is said to be super duper haunted. And I had to make deliveries there one time and that place has a fucking vibe. It is not cool. Uh, Paige, they have a doll. They don't have to do any of that work. Okay? I guess. They have a doll and the script from Rosemary's Baby. They don't have it's to fine. do anything. It's fine. What do you want, Anna? What do you want? And she's like, I wrote it on the wall. I want your baby's soul or whatever. And like... Oh, you thought Annabelle wrote the stuff on the ceiling? I thought the demon did that because Annabelle doesn't move at all in this movie. Oh, that's that's oh. one of the other anachronistic things is that crayon. Crayon didn't exist back then? No, it did, but that's a 1980s crayon as opposed to the crayons oh. that would have been available <laughs> in the 1960s. I do, the one thing I do love in this movie is we get Annabelle Wallace again and she yeah, plays Haunted better than anybody else. Yeah. Yes. I love seeing her in movies, man. I'm like, yeah, yes. let me see that Vactor arms, girl. Oh, I am willing to watch pretty much anything <laughs> in which she does this and I know listeners can't hear this, but <laughs> just, like where she's like clawing at the sides of her face i'm like yes, yes bitch rip it that wig ass wig let's go i just felt the movie like really fell apart about halfway through and they're like yeah we got to get rid of the husband just like have him not show up anymore okay Boom. See, Mikey, I thought for sure they were going to pull the same kind of shit that Rosemary's <laughs> Baby pulled. Right, where he's part of it? Yes! And I was like, that would have been so scary, but no. Instead, he's like, I believe you. And they're Ray. like, where have you been for an hour? <laughs> he's like, I was at work. Why didn't yeah, you get rid of this it. demon? This is woman's work. <laughs> yeah, that's what he was thinking. His internal monologue was that. Like, yeah. God, my wife can't even handle a demon. This is what I get for Marion Roman back to her arms. Crack an egg once in a while. <laughs> Did you, and he like comes back. He's like, so you sit at home enjoying your stories. You didn't even get rid of the demon. I was like, the dishes aren't done. Like, it's all part of your chores, okay? I'm a doctor. Did you not see the chore wheel my mother made for you? Because <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> you know that's what it would have been, Paige. Absolutely, but that's why, and, and I know we, we won't do it on the show because of the director, I understand. Are you saying you only got rid of 70% of the demon? <laughs> <laughs> but but in, in Rosemary's Baby, and Todd, I know you haven't seen it, so that's why I am comfortable telling you i haven't but my mom saw it in theaters and it's the only horror movie she's ever seen mm. and my mom and i have very similar like sensibilities when it comes to horror movies like it's not jump scary it, it is not i'm sure i could get through it like i'm sure i've gotten through way worse oh, but yeah, like yeah. no i'm fine to never watch it <laughs> so in rosemary's baby the husband and the neighbors are in on it okay and and are part of a cult in the apartment sure. building. Now, granted, the the real fun part of, of Rosemary's Baby is that those neighbors are fucking hilarious. <laughs> and they're just like crazy busy buddies who are just like, how's that baby going? Drink this demon juice. Like they're just super in the way. One of my favorite things, and if you choose to watch it, uh, watch for this. <laughs> they're at a terrible dinner party at the end of the movie. And she has a knife that she's like ostensibly going to try and stab her with and drops it onto the hardwood floor 
and then picks it up, but pauses to like rub out the little scratch on the hardwood floor <laughs> where the knife <laughs> fell. That's the kind of madness we deal with in Rosemary's Baby. Also, her husband's an actor. He's like a, an aspiring actor who makes a deal with the devil to get successful. Oh, wow, nice. who would have thought him and his theater friends were like bad news and not cool? I know. So like they're in on it, but then he takes her to a therapist to be like, you're seeing ghosts. I bet that therapist is in on it too. He is! Uh-huh! it never trust a therapist right mikey mikey i don't know he may not have been in on it he may have just been really bad it, uh, yeah it is it is technically unclear but he does turn her back over to them essentially so like i would be so pissed if my partner in my marriage and all of my closest friends were in a cult and they didn't invite me into it i would be living well we have something to tell you Paige and I are also in a cult But like your voice It's not ritual ready If that makes sense You gotta go back of the throat like Mr. Bubs Like (laughs) Your your voice is like we're not doing Sales pitch to Satan We're like you know Picture this Lucifer picture this All right, It's like Satan I'm gonna offer up my soul For 30% off I'm just gonna give that 30% off with you if you get this other soul I didn't think it was a satanic cult Now I'm out I was in when it was all about Dolly Parton, but now I'm out. <laughs> I thought we just hated some lady named Jolene. First of all, how dare you? Secondly, <laughs> don't take her man. But in Rosemary's Baby, they do a, a ritual that is definitely assault. And uh, yeah, it's bad. It is bad. I was upset that they didn't have the fucking balls to give Mia in this movie that haircut. I was like, you've done everything but. Well, if you cut her hair that short, you're going to see her her twin that comes out her a few years later in Malignant. Yeah, you, 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 <laughs> they couldn't keep it short. The baby was super cute. The ba- That is one of the cutest babies I've ever seen yeah it's like, it had what? giant eyes and it was always yeah, kind of like, smiling and I was like whose baby is this with <laughs> chubby cheeks somebody give me the baby <laughs> give me the fucking baby call me Annabelle because I want a kid <laughs> I want to have children in my life. Every time I keep having children, people keep jumping out of windows to try to stop me. It's just so weird. Oh, Oh, Mikey, no. Well, with all the like thudding, when they're in the apartment, they can hear the neighbors through the walls. I was like, see, this is why you can't like this is why Jake and I chose not to have children in our apartment. It's just a constant cacophony of awful. Yeah. The best part is at the end, they try to make it like seem like it's scarier upstairs now with the same noises. I'm like, no, that's just still apartment living. Like they have to stop their haunting to like let their neighbors. I did think that was sort of hilarious. I was like, okay, you know, your neighbors stomp around. Like there's a demon in your house. Focus on other sounds. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) That that's a Rosemary's baby callback. Is it? Okay. Yes. They're doing rituals above them. Uh, Upstairs? Okay. Upstairs. But that's not happening in this movie. No. (laughs) It's just like an arguing couple or whatever it was. I don't even know. Which it could be. So at my apartment, it is just children whose parents have given them basketballs and roller skates because apparently they they don't believe we should sleep ever. Uh, Great. But in Armando's (laughs) apartment, it was a fighting couple that would fight and make up and then have sex to the song Boulevard of Broken Dreams. Uh, which yes (laughs) just like on a loop or it never took more than three minutes and 38 seconds first of all that song is longer than you think secondly (laughs) um (laughs) it was typically that the length of the song 
Also, that's not really a pump. Like, if you're trying to get into a rhythm, tough song. But now, uh, Armando and I, as a joke, that's always the song that we suggest that people play during sex and any joke or anything everywhere. That still puts the sex clocking in at, and I looked it up, Paige, four minutes yeah. and 47 <laughs> seconds. So, uh, that's almost five I minutes. hope you can get it quick, ladies. That is a long. Yeah. yeah. I walk this lonely bone, the only bone that I have ever. Boned. And then you have to like keep that rhythm. And I guess yeah. just double time My it towards the end. <laughs> that's not a terrible rhythm. Feeding. It's pretty slow, dog. Uh, we don't have to talk it's about slow. this. This is like, I mean, that's a making love kind of rhythm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, making yeah. love, but to Boulevard of Broken Dreams. <laughs> and not feel like making love, which is a similar <laughs> tempo. <laughs> that is true. That is true. <laughs> Maybe we should just get into this movie so we can go through it scene by scene and not break down what songs we'd prefer to fuck to yeah for me it's through the fire and the flames come at me nerd <laughs> <laughs> try and set your pump the, ratio Todd, to that all, all you need is antibiotics and those fires and those flames will go away <laughs> you know what i probably should rethink the title to another super long dragon force song i was just picturing having to do it in guitar hero i was just like how would you ever thrust in rhythm <laughs> like yeah, it's impossible. Your guitar Hero <laughs> trained these fingers, you know what I'm saying? I'm not a jackhammer, Paige. I'm more of an Inagata DeVita bitch, but whatever. <laughs> Mikey, what song do you like to fuck to after you've heard Genuine's My Pony while she was dancing? That is a song I would do it to for shout. Probably, yeah. I believe it's the one that was from the Excalibur film. What is that? Anna Maria. I'm just a bacter. Living on on my twin's head. (laughs) What song was it, Mikey? O Fortunia from. O Fortunia. (laughs) Damn, you went like old school, old school. Yeah, I only banged to Carmina Burana. Let's go. And I Uh only looked deep into their eyes. Like, oh. <laughs> give me your O Fortunia face. Oh, show me that O Fortunia face. God damn. Okay, we have to get into this movie. I realize the movie is a turd burger, but we have to force it out before we can get to something more fun next week. <laughs> okay. Anyway, it opens with a quote that I did not bother to fully write down because it is nonsense. Oh, it did open with a quote. Something about evil. (laughs) The end of the quote basically says, since the beginning of civilization, dolls have been used as rites and conduits in rituals. Yeah. For which I assume they mean things like voodoo dolls. But the idea that it's just like any Barbie could be evil (laughs) is crazy. I I did have the epiphany that I would be less scared of a smaller haunted toy than a large haunted toy. I, I guess it depends on how the haunting bears out. I mean, if it's like this movie where the toy is just present and there's just a fucking giant fuck yeah. off demon, then like, I mean, you that's know. That's what I was going to ask because that's way more scary to me than Chucky is, you know? Right. I could kick Chucky in the face all day, but if there's a six foot 11 inch demon holding the doll like that's scary oh yeah that demon went first round draft pick NBA last year oh yeah there's no way that demon right now 
isn't dunking on somebody. It could dunk while sitting, just like yeah. reach up <laughs> over its head. And that demon was a fucking tall ass demon. It's yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah, uh, but yeah, but no, but that's not a, to me. That's not even a haunted toy. That's just a haunting in a room with a toy. Well, and like that toy is like the demon's favorite or whatever. You know what I'm saying? But like yeah, the yeah, toy yeah. itself is not the scary thing, right? That scene where that tallest fuck demon holds up Annabelle and like oh, jiggles it. I was like, no, Mikey, that scared the hell out of me. Oh, it just scared you? I was like, why is he holding up the doll? Like this makes no sense at all. Yeah, oh. I was like, you're a demon. He's like, it's me. I'm in the doll. And I was like, oh, we get it. We've I've been in the movie. She knows. <laughs> I would have loved to have seen Mia be like, yeah, I get it. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> You idiot. Go <laughs> like, Lakers or whatever, but damn. <laughs> I, I couldn't understand why the demon had the doll at all. I was like, you're a fucking demon. <laughs> you're so much scarier than anything else in this Yeah, movie. but look at the doll. And he jiggles it. I'm like, look at it. It's like having the opposite effect where the scene is less scary because he's holding the doll up. <laughs> It's like he believes her house is an estate sale and he's just like, I'll give you $10 for this. That's like if I walked in my bedroom, there's a demon, but they're like holding my micro machines and going like, psh, 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 psh. I'd be like, <laughs> they're like playing like you when you were six or whatever. You're like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, would, I would be like, that's a demon. That's scary. But like, it's playing micro machines, which is weirder. You know, I guess I'll just let them finish. <laughs> I guess I'll just call the Ghostbusters and hope he plays till they get here. I, I mean, if he just. <laughs> wants to play micro machines like when i'm gone like have at it i guess you know <laughs> what happened to the ones that like you know made dead bird sculptures and like floated tony collette's headless body into that treehouse like real scary demon shit yeah nah demons have updated man you got to get with the demon times we're playing with micro machines now they have pagers <laughs> like it's a it's <laughs> pagers. they're they're a little behind like micro machines have just come out to demons you know what i'm saying it's like right you know, right yeah. right so, I mean, that's why they're so excited about <laughs> Yeah. I saw a demon with an old school Walkman the other day. I was like, damn. <laughs> just walking around outside? Oh, yeah. He's just chilling. You know, we've all got our Yo, demons. Yo, put some pants on, man. <laughs> hey, demon. Doesn't even pay rent. <laughs> That's the worst thing about possessions. You're telling me I have to provide whatever they need, but I don't get to write them off of my taxes? You can't just live in the storage area, demon. That's square footage. <laughs> But like literally The peak scariest scene Is supposed to be hurt Going into the baby's room And it's jiggling The doll in front of her And I was like Okay No I thought the peak scary scene Was the elevator shit That was just like The, the final oh, no. like Build of the movie Like The peak scary scene Was the woman Stabbing her While she was I was like This is terrifying Oh that yeah is scary. Or the little girl Running at the door That's a great jump scare That got me too Fuck man So scary Except The pause between the little girl running and the, yes it definitely seems like the other lady was hiding right there and yes. i was like this looks kind of bad this looks like a little now, bad here's the thing i feel like they've done this in a couple other conjuring films in different ways and they've gotten better at it they definitely have gotten better at it by far the best version of it is still tony collette coming out of that fucking corner oh. like ready to throw bows yes. like that's Still the best in hereditary, yeah. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. literally is the moment I stood up and yelled "fuck" at the screen in the theater. Like that is oh, so yeah. scary. But I mean, this moment got me too. It was super scary. Mine yep. was when Kylo Ren and Ray kissed. <laughs> I honestly started laughing out loud <laughs> at that. I, moment. I do remember being in the theater and going, 
What? It's fine. It's not like any of the new Star Wars movies were good. So shut up. Oscar Isaac was in some of them and he was fun to watch. Um, I mean, if you're not Rogue One and you happened after Return of the Jedi, I'm out. The best part is the sequel trilogy is so bad that like they stopped making movies. They just stopped making Star Wars movies. Yeah. And then they made all these shows before the sequel trilogy. And like, you know, all of them are like, how do we make this good stuff go into that bad stuff so we can make other good stuff again? Like, what is the mental gymnastics we're going to have to do here? And they're finally being like, there were other Jedi around during that time. They just weren't involved. Like, they said that, like, last week. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we barely even started this movie. We just, like, ran off on a crazy tangent. We went to the quote. <laughs> we, we did the quote. Eat a dick, chat. <laughs> <laughs> we cut to two nurses who have brought the doll to someone. I think it's Ed and Lorraine. We just haven't, they don't really reveal it, but they're basically just like, here's what happened. It started moving around by itself and we got in touch with a medium and the medium said that it's this girl, Annabelle Higgins, and we tried to help her, but then things got worse. And uh, we cut to Santa Monica, California, one year earlier, which is impossible, by the way, because by the end of this movie, like two years go by is. Yeah, <laughs> that baby's that like baby straight up crawling on the ground. <laughs> that baby comes out 20 pounds, basically. Yeah. Which is why I could take a stab wound, I guess, because it was a toddler. I know that's not a. I mean, I'm sorry, but I mean, like, I'm glad the baby lived. It's just a giant ass baby you could take a could take a take a beating. You know what I'm saying? It had its own knife. It was gonna reach back out and stab back. We haven't even got to that point Le- yet. Hang on. What's the baby's name? Leah. Leah. Yeah. Leah's a badass bitch. Just when like- she gave birth to Leah, it's like, why is there Vaseline and razor blades in here? <laughs> why does Leah have a needle prison tat? <laughs> She just comes out with, with one, one tear, teardrop. Teardrop. Yeah. <laughs> she kill the lady already? <laughs> Leah fears no demon. <laughs> she rolls mad deep. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so uh, we cut to a couple in church uh, sitting next to their friends. And this is at this point that I realized it was Annabelle Wallace. And I was just like, yes, yes. Crazy malignant energy. Let's go. I know. I love her. She's so great. I see why Sebastian Stan is into it. Hi, yeah. Mark. Sir. Oh, are they dating? Yeah, dude, for like a while, and they only went public like recently. Yeah. Honestly, good for Sebastian Stan. Like, <laughs> I know. I was like, yes, I support the. I like, know he's way more yes. famous than she is, but like, that's Don't a catch care. for him. Not for only sure. that. They're both in crazy horror movies. I was yes. like, yes. And good for her, man. He definitely eats ass. So <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> anyway, she stands up. She's pregnant. Brigannanet. 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 They go to leave the church. And the couple that was next to them, the wife is has paused by the candles where she's like lighting a candle and saying a prayer. Yeah. And she walks over and is just like, hey, like we'll find her it'll be okay so they go outside the couple gives them a ride back to their house because they are neighbors they literally live next door yeah they like carpooled the church yeah yeah like that's the kind of neighbors they are i don't know they they gave a weird vibe well (laughs) we'll get into it right here because they asked the like baby names and she's like john if it's a boy and he's like or phyllis if it's a girl and she's like fuck you no one's named phyllis what's wrong (laughs) i have a great aunt named phyllis yeah yes i'm just saying that couple that the friend couple next door if i was their daughter i'd run away i mean that's fine i don't think we're saying that she shouldn't have run away but like she shouldn't have come back and murdered them i hope that's the part you like think she shouldn't have done when we 
get to that part, we have to talk about Manson and some shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When yeah, we yeah. get there. Well, I mean, we're almost there. It happens this night. Almost there. Yeah. Yes. So she's like, no, not Phyllis or whatever. And they go to their separate houses and she's like, I wish we didn't really talk about the kid in front of them because they just lost their daughter two years ago. And they say that she ran off and joined the hippies. Yeah. And probably goes by Star. And she's like, well, even Star is a better name than Phyllis. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Have you not seen The Office? We're not naming her after Phyllis, okay? I mean, my my great aunt Phil was kind of legit. I don't know. She believed in aliens and smoked herself to death and, like, gambled at Thanksgiving dinner. Like, you know, Phil was kind of awesome. <laughs> Well, yeah, a demon tried to kill her when she was a baby. And that demon did not survive. Annie <laughs> Phil would have taken that shit out. It did make me realize that modern day we name babies like really dumb things because they're like, Star's a dumb name. And like nowadays I'm like, Star would be like a lovely name for people. They come up with some dumb <laughs> ass baby names You're lucky to get Star right instead of Renesme or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, little Khaleesi is at preschool today? Oh, cool. God. Oh, I'm sure there are babies named Khaleesi out there. Khaleesi was one of the most popular baby names yeah, in the last like couple years. Yeah, or something. Yeah, when Game of Thrones was beat. Imagine naming your baby Khaleesi and then seeing the last two seasons of Game That's of Thrones. That's the craziest part because it uh, got popular before. I would be so livid. Hey, what are you named after? I'm named after a show that people liked and then forgot about because they ruined it. I'm named after a lady <laughs> who definitely slept with her own nephew but then also murdered a bunch of people. Yeah, a <laughs> fun character in this book I read. Super fun. Yeah, I don't really know. I'm waiting to read the books until the last one comes out. So I'm 20 years old now. So I'm hoping they come out soon. <laughs> <laughs> I am secretly hoping that we'll get a resurgence of Ellie and Joel as names. Because I'm like, that's fun TV show names, but they're sort of normal names. Yeah. Hey, as a person who almost never finds custom keychains and shit at gift shops, sometimes it's nice to, <laughs> to have more basic names. Oh, Paige, you know what name they always have Todd, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> my mine it would be like okay here's Aaron and then special friend or something they rarely ever had paid. I want to mix this movie up with redeeming love and see what comes out like oh, just kind of like different no. plot points no oh, man I was shut down fast on that one redeeming <laughs> love is basically sexual assault the movie yes. hear me out but in every background of those scenes Annab it just zooms in on Annabelle as it transitions <laughs> out of the scene. instead of showing us like the assaults it like zooms in on Annabelle's face all right I honestly probably would have preferred that turns out she was owned by that uh, farmer <laughs> first she's got really bad luck and then all of a sudden it goes to like Annabelle you're like oh, oh shit. <laughs> you're like oh my god this whole time I was watching a Cloverfield movie but it's like an the Annabelle version of that yeah 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 love it I think the best would have been so the opening of redeeming love where they're like panning for gold and one of them is panning is just like I found it and it's just Annabelle the doll <laughs> it's a collector's item eureka <laughs> have you guys ever seen a more obviously painted evil doll <laughs> no so like it's the last one we needed and i'm like that doll is ugly and evil looking it does look like certain types of dolls from the period or slightly before like it is a it looks like a collector's item from the time so she kind of gets on him for not locking the door which by the way lock your doors always always i'm sure people know that now but like in the 60s i could see people still leaving their doors unlocked you know because they felt like it was a safe people didn't unlock their doors until like the, the 80s like 
the 2000s. Some people no, still like, don't because this is a debate online all the time where they're like, well, I live in a neighborhood where you don't have to lock your doors. And it's like, well, then you still should. You, you idiot. always should lock your doors. Yeah. Like most crime is a crime of opportunity. Like people, yes. like, especially with car break ins. Yes. They just check the doors and the ones that are unlocked get robbed. Yes. And like as an adult, I heard the story of Richard Chase in Sacramento and I was like, double lock the doors yeah. like if you don't know the story he he was a, a man who was not in his right mind and just checked doors and the doors that opened he just fucking murdered people yeah so like lock your fucking doors man all the time anyway don't buy creepy dolls and also and don't, buy, don't creepy dolls. buy creepy doll honestly yeah this is why i don't antique i just assume everything in there is haunted and i'm not gonna fuck with that i mean i've had a pretty good history antiquing of not getting haunted objects but i also don't buy terrifying dolls i buy like mid-century hutches yeah what's gonna haunt a hutch i mean the ghost of dishes past i Ooh. guess but i also own old dishes so like you know whatever be you guys right make friends it'll there, be fine yeah <laughs> I'll just ignore the whispers and it'll be great. But the whispers <laughs> are like the plates from the cartoon Beauty and the Beast. So it's like chip. <laughs> Mama, I don't want to go to bed. It's time to. And Jake's like, can you tell the dishes to shut up? I got to sleep. I, I got to. I think you're the beast. What can I do? Uh... <laughs> exactly, Paige. I'm, I'm just sitting at the table. They're like. There may be something there that wasn't there before. <laughs> Every time I watch Being the Bees, I'm just in there like, okay, how many plates have I broken in my life accidentally? So I'd be like eating breakfast <laughs> and then you hear a crash and I come in. I'd be like, I people. killed your son. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, he died doing what he loved. Holding my breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> How do you go back to having regular relationships with those people once <laughs> everyone gets turned back at the end? That's what I wanted. Like, I want a Beauty and the Beast 2 where we get to see those interactions. Like, hey, Mrs. Pottsworth, I used to drink Mrs. out of Pottsworth. your body or whatever the fuck her name was. What I want to see is PTSD the Beast where he's human, breaks PTSD'd a coffee mug. PTSD the Beast. And then he like drops a coffee mug, breaks it, thinks he's killed a person, and then just <laughs> falls to the floor sobbing. And everybody's like, oh. it's just a cup. It's just a cup. Don't worry, Michael Bolton. It's just a cup. Because that's what the beast looked like when he turned. Which is why no one thinks the beast in human form is the hot version. I know. They made a, a weird mistake. Well, when he turns back human, he's still rich. Yeah. I mean, that's like, fair. Yeah. But you settle for it. His shoulders aren't as wide, you know, like it's. You're like, hmm. Yeah. Anyway. So she's like, <laughs> you got to start fucking locking the doors, asshole. We live in the metropolitan Los Angeles area. Yeah. <laughs> like, lock it. And we cut to them at home. She's sewing on the sewing machine. And on TV, there's a report of the Manson family at Spawn Ranch which places this in 1970, which means that they've also gotten fucking everything wrong as far as the shit in the house. Oh, this is going to be a long episode. Yep. I'm not. I'll lay off it. We're going to get a Pyrex chat about like how the Pyrex was wrong. There's no Pyrex in the movie, and it would have been one of the most common kitchen things. Anyway, we can't. I don't have time. We we can't. But so it, that, that places this movie right around 1970, just yeah. time-wise. And they use, I don't know if this was a real news thing that they like a clip that they used or if it's something they cobbled together with footage because they're like they refer to them as the family i was like well no it's the manson family you have to differentiate because at the same time 
children of God also went by the family and were also swooping up hippie teens the entire time yeah. and didn't murder anybody but did assault a lot of people. So like if you're playing with cults, you got to be specific. But these people, not so much. This goes full satanic panic nonsense immediately. Of course. That's what all pop media immediately. does. Immediately. Well, and the conjuring specifically, this conjuring universe leans heavy into satanic panic. That makes sense to me though because the Warrens literally like were just scam artists taking advantage yes. of it. So like the fact yes. that their movies are the same, I'm sort of here for. Like I get it. I think that's actually sort of being true to what the Warrens actually were. Yeah, I, and I would agree with you. And this like news thing that they're watching is claiming that the Manson family was like involved in the occult. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what are they even talking about? Because that's not the case. Which, by the way, I know that like it has been a long time since the Manson murders have happened and we know a lot more about them now than they did at the time and so at the time they did not have all the information they probably thought things like this yeah of course for reference a lot of this was just charles manson being a grifter yeah uh he was a lifelong criminal he did not have a real cohesive religious ideology he was just making a ton of acid in bathtubs and trying to convince all of the girls in the orbit to either sleep with him or sleep with other people so that they would fund the creation of his album. Yeah. Which, by the way, better than you'd think. And oh, then, no, is it? Oh, dude, have you not heard it? Of course not. I don't give a shit about that. But, like, I, I would, I don't know. Now I sort of do want to hear it because you said that, though. There's one song specifically that Armando and I are like, man, it kind of slaps. Uh, <laughs> They're like, he's a bad dude, but that hook is singable. It, it is. It's real singable. Also, I was like, if you're going to rehash Rosemary's Baby, let's maybe not also include the Sharon Tate narrative in it. Yeah. It's kind of a fucked up thing. Like, they're connected in a fucked up way. Yeah. But it is not what the media made it out to be, that it was some orchestrated, like, spell or whatever that this movie tries to make it out to be. It is people who are bad at crime and also on drugs killing people because they're dumb and on drugs. Like, that's yeah. what is happening. And Charles Manson doesn't even kill anybody because he chickens out. Like, he literally cuts a guy and then is like, I can't do this, and fucking leaves and makes everyone else finish it. Like, anyway, yeah. if you're curious, we did three episodes of it on Cult Pod or four episodes of it on Cult Podcast. Um, or Last Podcast on the Left has a great Manson series as well. Yeah. I got the impression that the home invaders in this one or the cult in this one was not the Manson cult. It's not. It's somebody else. They call them the cult of Ram. Yeah. Well, yeah. You drive a Dodge or you go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to go computer, so I'm glad you went with truck. <laughs> they targeted that house because they drive a Ford. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Anyway, he tells her not to watch the Manson stuff because it'll upset the baby. And uh, she's like, all right. And this is where we learn that he's in residency. And he's kind of, he's like, it's going to be tough for me to be in residency and also have like, I don't know, a baby around. I thought this was sort of hilarious because he's saying everything wrong yep and i think i sort of understood what he was trying to say but it's clear that he doesn't necessarily see his wife as having a life of her own if that makes sense that's correct so it's it's like because of that he is saying all of this in a very like man i just don't get excited when people ask me if i'm excited about the baby because i'm 
I don't want to hear them talk about how difficult my life is going to be for me. You know, he right, never right, even right. considers for like, me, the person who doesn't have to push a <laughs> watermelon sized thing out of their genitals or yeah. do 95% of the child raising labor. Right. Like, right. Cause it is 1917. Right. Well, and also he is in residency, like logistically he won't be a- around, unfortunately. Oh, which by the way, I want to clarify the reason I said it's 1970 is the Manson family murders take place in 69 but the news report is saying that they've already been in prison so yeah 70 anyway he gets her a doll to cheer her up and it is Annabelle and it matches like a series of dolls that she has that are all kind of terrifying yeah all of them look possessed honestly well and we find out that it's like a collector's thing that she's been collecting them this is the one she didn't have you know etc yeah now they go to bed this shot I think is actually really cool where we see them sleeping in the foreground and then shit. through their bedroom window. Yeah, this part scared the shit out of me, man. Into the other bedroom window. Yeah. yeah. We see into their neighbor's house and we see the neighbors wake up, turn the lights on, and immediate and without even hearing it, without knowing, you know immediately what's going on. Yeah. Because of from their reactions of just like, oh my God, there's somebody in the house, what's going on? And as you're watching, the husband gets up to talk to someone, we don't know who it is, and then blood spurt, he's killed, there's another guy with a knife, he's killing the the other neighbor. She screams, yeah, which wakes up Mia in the house that is in the foreground, and she's like, I think I heard a scream. And her husband's like, I'll go over there and check it out. I did like that she was like, don't go over there. Like, why would call you do that? Let's just call police. the police. And he's like, you call the police, I'll just go check, they do it for us. Yeah, I mean, my only thing is like, Police might just show up and shoot people, which is exactly what happens, by the way. Yeah, and I mean, it does save Thankfully, their they lives. got it right. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> they don't always. No, they so do not like, always. But I mean, I'm not going over there. Me either. Like if I heard my neighbor. <laughs> no, I will go to my door to ensure that it's locked, but that's as close to the, my neighbor's house as I'm getting. Well, here's the thing. From their window, they can see the blood spatter on yes. the other window. Yeah. So like at that point, I would have been like, call an ambulance? Because like, I don't know what's going to be left. Well, and when she does call the cops, she does say, send an ambulance. Like, she knows already. Yeah, Yeah. she knows. But as she's calling 911, we see someone walk behind her in their house. Oh, before she does that, because he goes over there and goes in the house, and then it takes a while. Yeah. So she walks over there, and that, like, tension it built right there, and then he pops out of the house covered in blood, and she starts freaking out. Him jumping out scared the hell out of me. And then, of course, she freaks out because she's like, oh, my God, he's been stabbed or something. But he's like, it's not mine. It's not mine. Go call an ambulance or whatever. Right. This whole sequence just reminds me that home invasion films scare the shit out of me. Oh, home invasion scare the shit out of me. Yes. Like, oof. So she goes to call an ambulance and she gives them their address just knowing that, like, you know, the ambulance will come. Everything will be fine. But as she's calling, yeah, there's someone in her house because she left the door open when she ran inside. That scared the shit out of me, too. When that's revealed behind her on the phone. Oh, <sighs> that woman just wandering around her house behind her is the scariest <sighs> part of the whole film. I know. So <sighs> scary. And so she goes to her bedroom and puts on a robe because she doesn't know there's somebody else in the house. No. And she's like, I just called company to come over. So I have to be presentable. Right. Yeah. And <laughs> as she turns. Or her husband will be mad, Paige. I don't give a shit what he wants. It's the 50s. Get ready. These jokes are happening. It's the it's 70s, 70s. <laughs> Mikey. <laughs> it's the I 70s. Mean, I don't necessarily think it was a lot better in the 70s. 70s for women but yeah yeah <laughs> okay well it's like 1970 it's like 1970 yeah yeah so she turns 
and sees the cult member in the nursery holding Annabelle, the doll Annabelle. Yeah. Well, this is actual Annabelle. The After cult... she hears, I like your dolls. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the woman holding the doll is Annabelle, Annabelle Higgins, the neighbor's daughter. Yeah, but she quickly transfers. I, I, I wrote in my notes, she chuckies into this doll. But that's, not, that's a misnomer. She doesn't chucky into the doll. You're right. The doll just drinks the blood of the innocents. Yeah. Like that one on the Isle of Misfit Toys. A doll yeah. that cries blood. <laughs> yeah. Annabelle drinks blood, and then three hours later, you have to change her diaper. This is the worst <laughs> vampire baby toy I've ever seen <laughs> in the Blade universe. Well, <laughs> now you know where I'm going to. <laughs> of course I know, Mikey. Anyway, so she's like, my husband will be back soon. You should leave. We've already called the cops. And lo and behold, behind her is the other cult member. Yeah. And her husband shows up just in time to be like, get out of here, but not soon enough. He's like, this is Ford country. <laughs> <laughs> The one guy kind of tackles her and stabs directly into her belly. Yeah. Yeah. She says, if you can't dodge it, then you ram it. Oh, God. <laughs> but Leah does dodge it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Leah's like, mm -hmm. yeah, Ford country, motherfucker. And she's like on the other side of the, the stomach. like <laughs> Yeah. She's like snapped a rib and is like sharpening it. Yeah. <laughs> um, we did x-rays on you, Mia, after your attack. And it seems like Leah made a shiv out of one of your ribs. <laughs> We're hoping you pass it with the afterbirth. <laughs> she's making Bruno in the back. It's weird. Um, anyway, the cops show up. And shoot first, ask questions later. Absolutely. And they purely just shoot the person who is bloodiest, is what they first do. Off, she had a knife and she was coming at. No, so she locks herself in, in the nursery. She's gone. It's the guy. Yeah. Yeah. He and the husband are hand to hand fighting until we hear the gunshot and he falls dead. And at that point, I was like, well, thank goodness they didn't just shoot the husband who has an equal amount of blood well, on yeah, him. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, guys, policing, before fleeing felon laws, you could just shoot everybody. I mean, that's not good in general. I'm also no, not, not sure that's changed a whole lot. No, no, no. It yeah. has changed. Fleeing felon laws, because I don't know the stats, but I would assume, because I, I, the laws were, if someone is committing a felony and they run away... You could shoot them. It was legal back then. That's bad. I mean, that is bad. That I think is that very still happens bad. a lot, unfortunately. Yeah. But yeah. But now it's not legal. It may not be legal, but a lot of places they still have like qualified immunities to where it's like not a big yeah. deal if they do yeah, shit like that. People don't get charged for it. In it some seems. places they do. It's different in some places, but Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, the other girl has locked herself in the nursery and they open the door and find that she has unfortunately slit her throat and completed suicide and then drawn in her own blood a symbol on the wall while holding Annabelle the doll. And as she's sitting there, blood from her neck drips into Annabelle the doll and her eyeball like sucks it up. Yeah. If she had actually slit her throat, Annabelle would be covered in blood. Covered. Like so much blood would be all over the floor around her like it would be just guys her eyeball sucked all of that up oh okay that was just that one droplet was all that was left mm -hmm. good to the last drop annabelle <laughs> anyway we cut to the hospital where they're like hey turns out that knife did not puncture the amniotic sac and it didn't hit the baby so yeah you got lucky and on the thing she's just giving us the finger i don't know what's <laughs> happening <laughs> 
She wrote on the wall of your uterus, fuck you, come take come me. Come at me, yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't really know what to, how to interpret that. Anyway, so, uh, but they do say that there's strain on the cervix so that she needs to be bedridden for the rest of the pregnancy. Yeah, which honestly, she looks super pregnant, so I didn't think it was going to be that much longer, you know? Yeah, well, and, and this happened to a, a friend of mine where she ended up on bed rest for four and a half months, oh. and that's fucking brutal. That's a very long time. When my youngest brother... My mom ended up on bed rest for a few months. Oh, so. yeah. I'd go stir crazy. Yeah. So let's talk about if you would go back home after an incident like this, because I sure Ooh. as shit would not, and I would sell my house immediately. Yeah, I would definitely have a hard time going back to even pack up. Mikey. I could pack if I got a bunch of people to come with me, but I'd probably yeah, hire somebody exactly to clean how it. Yeah, that's exactly how I do it. Yeah. And yeah. then I would I would just have to sell it. Like financially, I don't know if it'd be good or bad, but I would just I I just don't think I could live in a place where people tried to kill me. No. And also people got killed in front of me. Yeah, yeah I don't know. My aunt and uncle, their neighbor tried to burn their house down one time. It's a crazy story. Wow. Uh, but they okay. they moved. Like they they never really were able to feel safe in that house again. So they I'm moved. sure not. Yeah, no. That sounds like an investigation. Yeah. Disco- There's an investigation discovery show. And it's just about neighbors trying to kill each other. <laughs> the name of that show is Fear Thy Neighbor. There's been nine seasons. <laughs> nine, nine seasons. <laughs> it's still going. It started in 2014 or whatever. God. Okay. Anyway. So, yeah, I don't know that I would go back. Yeah. But they same. do. Uh, they go back and he's like, don't worry, we scrubbed it. <laughs> like, no. No, yeah, dude. I got the impression that they didn't stay very long in the house, like it maybe maybe two weeks or so. And they were sort of he was talking about the match system, which is a part of residency, right? That's how you got like yeah. you interview hospitals and they interview you or programs, I should say, residency programs. And then you sort of say, I want these are my top few choices, and they rank their top choices, and then, and then you get sensed wherever you get sent or whatever. That's how sorority recruitment works now, too. Oh, is it? Okay. So that's sort of why he goes to Pasadena. He like flies up or whatever and meets with them because he wants to make sure he's one of their top candidates, too. Mm-hmm. But I I got the impression that, that that happened very quickly after they got back to that house. But I would have been like, why don't we just stay in a hotel for two weeks or whatever? I would be like, hey, a woman cut her throat in the nursery. We're not staying yeah. here. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree, Mikey. I wouldn't want to stay I'm either. never going to feel comfortable putting my baby in that room. Like, if that happened yeah. at my house, I'd be like, hey, we're going to live with Mikey for like three months. Yeah. yeah. We'll sell the house. Yeah. By the way, Mikey, we have seven animals, so. That's fine. They can live in the backyard. <laughs> and honestly, I hope the killer takes a few of them out as a mercy killing. There's too many animals to take care of. Oh. It's animal herd hoarding by definition. I think we do a good job taking R.I.P. peaches. I know peach. <laughs> well, you know what I love? Canned peaches. <laughs> 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 All right. I love these jokes about Mikey killing my animals. <laughs> they slap just like I would before I killed them. <laughs> anyway. So he leaves, she's home sewing. Now, as someone who owns many, many sewing machines and has sewn for many years and never done this, I do know that people have, and it, it's hard to do on modern sewing machines. When you say do this, do you mean cut their finger like she does? She doesn't cut her finger. She gets her finger over the feed dogs and under the needle as it's moving up and down. Uh, so essentially she would have sewn through her finger. Uh, which would have been a fucking bloodbath, by the way. That would yeah, I feel like that would have been worse than what we saw. Because she like just goes and like rubs it off and it's like fine. Yeah, that is not what would happen. Well, because and here's the thing. So 
in order to do what she did, she would have had to have gotten her finger between the foot of the sewing machine. Yeah, like the guard. That is holding the fabric in place. And then the needle and the needle would have come down on her finger. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, which, by the way, people end up in the fucking hospital for that shit. Yeah, it's a needle going through your finger. Like, that would be very painful. And it's motorized. So, like, unless you can pull it out quickly, like... It's a fucking nightmare scenario. It's a lot easier to do with older machines than newer machines. Sure. Newer machines, you could still do it, but you'd have yeah. to like try. Right. Because in <laughs> like, the newer machines, they programmed the three laws of robotics into the sewing machines. I, my, my sewing machine is computerized. I can computerize <laughs> stitches and stuff. But like usually your foot is positioned so that even though the needle is coming up and down, it's not providing enough space for you to get things in between the foot and the needle. Okay. So like that's how. And then there's kind of like stuff in front of the needle that is also kind of closing that gap. You could do it. It would you would just have to try to do it. But like, don't try to do it. That's dumb. no. It'd be super fucking painful. Yeah, it's it looks very painful. Although when she walks to the sink, wash it off. I guess it looks like a paper cut. It does. I, I honestly thought I had just like not seen it correctly, and she had like squeezed her finger between the foot and the where the needle goes yeah. through, like that part. I don't know. I was, yeah. It just did not look like she had done what it suggested she did. Yeah. Oh, also, we also kind of missed like their first night back. The sewing machine turns on on its own and he picks up a bat and goes to turn it back off. That's right. And he has to unplug it from the wall for it to turn off. Yeah. Uh, but then he's leaving and then she sews her, her finger. Well, and all of this happens like the day that he goes and flies up to Pasadena. Right. So the husband's out of the house. Right. Yeah, he is. So like they come home. They also have a meeting with the detective in that same thing where like they're turning off the sewing machine, the detective pops in and is like, turns out it was Satan. Bye. <laughs> and then like, yeah. and she says, she's like, I don't want to know. Please don't. So he leaves, the husband leaves, she sews her finger. And as she's trying to like wash it off, that's when she smells the smoke from the fire. Now the fire starts because her husband the night before was trying to make popcorn for her and she falls asleep. Paige. Yeah. Men can't cook. It's like common knowledge. <laughs> this is, I don't trust these Jiffy Pops because this is how a fire started in my sorority house. But I mean, he does it right because he turned it on when he thought she was awake right. and would eat the popcorn he was making for her. And when he goes back to like, he was going to ask her a question, I think. You sort of see him start to ask. And yeah, yeah. When he realizes she's asleep, he's like, oh, I just got to let her sleep. So he goes, we see him turn it off, right? Right. So like, we know it's not his fault. And I sort of like that it's just... He didn't put it away, and I guess yeah. that does make it his fault, sort of. But well, I and I don't think about it as his fault. I mean, like, because the stove turns on because of a demon. I guess you that's know, true. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So she's, you know, handling her finger, and the stove turns on. The Jiffy Pop expands and catches on fire. In my sorority house, there was one girl who, for some reason, had destroyed two different microwaves with microwave popcorn. And we were like, you have lost your microwave privileges. How do you do it once? She put it for like six minutes or something crazy. What? And we were like, we we could never figure it out. This woman was at college? Yeah. But so the second he put Jiffy Pop on that stove, I was like, shit's going to catch fire. Yeah. If you think global warming keeps happening, will all corn be popcorn? If we're lucky. That's the one silver lining. Yeah. Now, here's the other thing. I feel like 
this fire gets big really fast. I don't know how she did not smell it before she saw it. Because by the time she gets there, half the kitchen's on fire. Yeah, I think she smelled it. And that's why she goes into the kitchen, right? It's because if you smelt it, you are the one who did indeed dealt it. So she did not want to <laughs> right, perform right, that right. action. She didn't want to be the dealer. Right. <laughs> so first of all, she would have probably smelled the popcorn. I thought she would have, yeah. Then it bursts and it's smoking and on fire. Then you would have smelled burned popcorn. Which right? does have a stench. like A yes. smell. Yeah. She doesn't smell that. It smells exactly like Paige's sorority house, apparently. Like, <laughs> <Wow>. yeah. <laughs> 2008 was a weird year. What's this lady's name? Annabelle Wallace, the actress? No. Or the or my sorority sister who, no. who burned all the Shall shit. Shall remain nameless. The character's mom, but the mom. Mia. No. Mia. Unfortunately, Mia's house smells like blood and corpses because they didn't do a good job cleaning up. <laughs> so it masked the smell of the fire because she gets in there and the kitchen is like, a blaze yeah. and she tries to run away and something tries to pull her back that scared the shit out of me too like you don't expect it she's just crawling away because she's already on the floor and you know smoke you're supposed to stay under it i get it whatever but like it drags her like six feet back it's scary mm -hmm. yeah and people run into the house to save her they rush her to the hospital yeah the cops run in they start shooting the fire and one drags yeah. her out <laughs> you, you know how cops be shooting what if it's like the new pope smoke where it's <laughs> white from the kitchen, we've got white smoke. It looks like we've got a new Dutch oven. Like, yeah. <laughs> Annabelle has chosen her successor. <laughs> Turns out it's the alien brother on her back. <laughs> anyway, so we cut to the hospital where her husband's like, oh my God, I got here as soon as I could. I was like, weren't you already there? And then I was like, oh no, wait, he was on a business trip. <laughs> but she has delivered the baby. Healthy, everyone's fine. Yeah, yeah, everything's great. I would be very upset if the resident board at whatever hospital he had to go to in Pasadena was like, hey, when's your wife's due date? Okay, cool. We can meet that day. So <laughs> well, he was supposed to go to a conference in Sacramento, was yeah, what he was, was in Sacramento. But she was the one trying that old wives' tale, how to induce labor, set your house on fire. <laughs> there was a there was a place back home in the Bay Area that had this super garlicky pizza that when people wanted to induce labor, they would go order this pizza. And it had like a weird success rate. And they would like talk about it on the radio and stuff. It was like a known thing. I mean, Sounds I good. do like garlic on I, pizza, yeah, so like, I have no chance of ever giving birth, but would definitely eat that pizza. I just don't understand why this guy's married to Mia. She can't cook. <laughs> <laughs> What are you saying? She can't exercise demons. She can't do any of the home chores. You know, the housework. Okay, Schipolini's baby pizza. Made with that, real that baby. People are still doing this. Okay, it is 13 toppings. Salami, pepperoni, sausage, ham, ground beef, mushrooms, Parmesan cheese, oregano, linguisa, what? black olives, bell peppers, and handfuls of onions and minced garlic. That actually, aside from like one or two of those ingredients, sounds fucking awesome. Oh yeah, I'd definitely try it. I'm not gonna lie. But it sounds yeah. like you're eating lasagna like just on top of a pizza. Yeah, I think it's the amount of like, sodium i would imagine yeah probably but people post themselves going and getting it and being like i went into labor that night and it was like a thing over 150 <laughs> women confirmed nice since 1981 that's amazing hey if you were a baby that was born after your mother ingested this baby pizza reach <laughs> baby out pizza. we want to talk to you this is Mikey from Horror Virgin. I practiced this ad for Factor in my car today. <laughs> Can you show us what you practiced? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Mikey from Harm Virgin here <laughs> talk about Factor. <laughs> Nailed it. I have used Factor on and off the last couple of years, uh, especially since 2020. My work is very busy. I have a very busy day job. He does. I have a very busy hobby uh -huh. slash second job called podcasting. <laughs> yeah, it's so much work for you. <laughs> Eating healthy is hard. Cooking, I'm single. <laughs> Cooking single is hard. And I've loved Factor. Other people, they ship you ingredients. You have to cook them. It takes a long time. Factor, they ship you fresh, never frozen meals. And it always only takes two minutes, which is like my favorite thing. I never have to think about how long it has to go in the microwave. It's two minutes. That's what my dating profile says. Always two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's helped me eat healthier, though. They have a bunch of like dietary options, like low calorie or protein or keto. Is it keto? Keto? Get, get it. Mikey, you said it wrong so many times. I'm not sure if I remember how to say it right. It's keto, right? Keto. No, it's keto. It's keto. But anyway, Factor's amazing. So just head to factormeals.com slash horrorvirgin50 and use code horrorvirgin50 to get how much percentage off, Mikey? Were you paying attention? 50. Damn. 50% off. Literally half off. That's code horrorvirgin50 at factormeals.com slash horrorvirgin50. To get 50% off. Anyway, he's in Sacramento and has to come back. Now, he says that he flew. Yeah, we don't see that, but yeah. Um, which he could. Sacramento does have an airport. That's, you know, a thing. Yeah, it's like a real city. Sure. Yeah. It's Isn't Sacramento the capital of California? Yeah, fuck that. Though. I want to go visit there so I can get a Sacramento. <laughs> <laughs> so he flies back. He gets there. The baby's born. Everything's fine. They move into... An apartment building that is supposed to be in Pasadena, but is actually in Hollywood, I believe, if I have identified it correctly. So they're setting up the new nursery. And I was like, oh, my God, could you imagine moving and unpacking with a newborn? Because at this point in the hospital, she's like, I ain't going back to that house. And he's like, don't worry, it burned to the ground. Yeah. Like, we're not going to have to worry about that. We got a nice little payout and we are moving to Pasadena anyway. So it's great. Yeah. So the one thing that they, that they do show is that she can hear the neighbors through the walls. And it yeah. sometimes makes the baby cry. And also that they have no friends or family because no one is helping them move. Yeah, no one's helping them move. And as she's kind of setting up the nursery, the door closes behind her. Which is polite of Annabelle. And But she doesn't <laughs> think anything of it. She goes outside. I mean, have we talked about that Annabelle is now in the house? She's not yet. They haven't unpacked her yet. Oh, okay. So she and her husband go outside. They're going to go to church. And this is where they kind of run into Alfrey Woodard, who is one of their neighbors. Yeah. Right. They go to church. She takes the baby outside because it's kind of fussing in church. And Father Perez comes out and is like, can I take a picture of you and your baby for the visitor's bulletin? And she's just like, I guess maybe. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And he tries to talk to her about the Higgins, who were their friends who are now dead. And she's like, yeah, I'd really rather not. Like, mm -mm. yeah. So she immediately is like, oh, there's my husband. Bye. And <laughs> walks over. We get back to the apartment and he brings in the last box of dolls because she's putting up all the dolls. Yeah. This is where there was there was some really blatant anachronisms as far as stuff in the nursery where they've got these like it's literally a target baby blanket i was like yeah. what like they didn't make that fabric back anyway so she opens the box <laughs> annabelle was in it and she's like how did that get there because pre-fire yeah she tells her husband to throw it out and it's literally in that scene where he's like no we scrubbed the nursery and she's like get rid of this fucking doll she was holding it yeah yeah and he, we do see him throw it away you know so like yes it is weird that it's back and he's like wait i swore i threw that away yeah and she's like well it's mine 
What she basically <laughs> said is like, hey, I talked to the priest this morning and he thinks we should face our fears. So, yeah, let's put it up. Which, again, terrible idea. Bad plan. Yeah. Anyway, we cut to the next day where she's asleep on the couch. The baby is napping in the crib nearby and the TV goes to static. Now, this is very similar to Conjuring 2. I don't know if you remember in Conjuring 2 where the TV would go to static and then things would happen in the house. Yeah. And so as we're watching them sleep in the background, we see that the cult lady is walking through the house and around the baby. The baby wakes up and cries. It wakes up Mia, but she doesn't see the cult lady. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know. Like, so do you think the cult lady's actually there? I mean, obviously the cult lady died. So this is like a ghost right. version of the cult lady. Or is that just like the devil? I think it might be the demon taking that form. The demon is what I meant. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So I, that's what I sort of thought too, because we never see her and the demon. And Evelyn even points out that, like, it's probably not a ghost being conjured by the cult because they wouldn't conjure a ghost. They'd conjure a demon. So that's why I thought it wasn't actually a ghost, right? Right. It was the demon, like, cross-playing as a ghost. <laughs> cross-playing. <laughs> so she goes downstairs with the baby because she's gonna, they're going to go out for a walk. And she passes these two kids drawing pictures on the stairs. And she's just like, hey, do you guys live in the building? And they won't tell her because she's a stranger. So she leaves. She takes the baby out in the pram. By the way, it is a pram, not a stroller. And can you talk us through the differences? Just because I'm sure that there are some listeners who don't know. I mean, Mikey and I clearly know the difference <laughs> yeah, you yeah. Clearly know. between a pram and a stroller. But yeah, if you could go over it for everybody else, that'd be great. I sure can. A pram <laughs> faces your way? No, no, no. God well, I mean, it can. It most of the time can. Is it because the wheels are up, tucked under? It? No. So we're going to miss again. A lot of times people will use the terms interchangeably, especially modern day. They usually just refer to everything as a stroller. But technically, yeah. okay. a pram is a pushing vehicle where you can lie back. So it's a baby. It doesn't sit up. It lies on its back most of the time. Okay. A stroller gives you the ability to sit up. Okay. Oh. So like that's technically the difference. But modern day, most people call it all strollers. Yeah. Okay. But especially at the time, these are prams. So what I want to be pushed around in when we get like super rich is a pram because I prefer to yeah. lay down. Correct. When being pushed about. Yeah. And it's also usually for much younger children. Yeah. Like a stroller would be somebody who could support their own head. Yeah. Which I still struggled with sometimes. I know. You got that weak ass neck. It's my <laughs> least favorite part about you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird part of my body for you to have categorized. Well, now you know how it feels when you do it to other people, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I, <laughs> I was looking at a, a picture of a dude the other day that I thought was hot and I was like, he's got a nice thick neck. And I was like, who am I? What is this? <laughs> you got a nice thick neck. Yeah. I was like, I, why am I even interested in this? <laughs> Just makes you harder to choke. Hard by ties. <laughs> anyway, so... They go out in the pram and she passes Old Town Books, which, by the way, is an antique store in, in Pasadena. Like it is a store that they just put books in, in the front of. And on display are a ton of occult books. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, they're trying to keep up with the times. It was all the Manson yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're know. just like, well, we saw that Manson thing. So <laughs> anyway, Evelyn comes out and she's like, hey, you live in my building. I've seen you around. And we have seen her kind of interact with them. Yeah, she's been around. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And she gives her a book. We don't see what the book is, but it looks like it's like an Alice in Wonderland or something, you know, like some classic. I think it was a child's book. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, and it is like a chapter book, but like it looks like a classic. Yeah, I got the impression it was like, here, read this to your baby sort of a thing. Yes, you know? exactly. Yeah. And it was nice. she says, <laughs> you know, this was my daughter's favorite. So you can read it to her when she's older is what she says. To yeah. Her, and stop by any time. So she gets back to the apartment building and the kids left a drawing of her on the step. And she's like, oh, that's so fun. And then there's like a trail of photos as they walk through the stairs because this is a horrifying walk up with a baby. Ugh. It was, I man, I was shocked at how quickly this turned because as she's leaving to go walk about and go to the bookstore or whatever, like she passes two kids on the steps, one sort of playing and one's coloring. The boy is coloring. Right. And she engages them in a conversation because she's new to the building and wants to meet people or whatever. Right. Not at all creepy, but the boy is like stranger danger, don't talk to her. And right. you sort of get the impression that he drew this when you're looking at the first one one as like an apology like i am sorry right. here's a nice picture of you and your baby walking down the street mm -hmm. or whatever and then as we see more of them it becomes sort of like cartoons or like a storyboard if you will of her pushing the baby down the street and then the baby pram getting de destroyed by a garbage truck and the baby dying yeah so here's my question do you think the kids ever existed um, yes, I do think the kid existed. I don't think... He drew the photos. I think he drew the first one. Okay. Oh, I think they existed and drew all the photos. It's just a coincidence. Children can be assholes. So, th <laughs> so this is unrelated to the haunting and demon. The demon was like, oh shit, I gotta take notes on this guy. This, 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 guy's, this guy's got some great shit. Uh-huh. This Dick the Cheney kid. kid is gonna be... He's gonna go places. Doing the Gorms work. That kid is coded like an asshole. He, he is... So what I am torn on. <laughs> Tell me what you're torn on, Natalie and Brilliant. Because I think either Todd is right, they drew the first one, and then the subsequent ones are not them. Or they're not there at all. Yeah, yeah. The, it was the demon the whole time. The whole time. Not me. I think that kid's a sociopath. He's bad. He's the one who's running and slamming his door all the time upstairs because he's <gasps> always getting in trouble by his parents. And the daughter is okay. But he's a dick. I mean, that is sort of what the movie shows us, Mikey. So <laughs> I can't say you're wrong, but I don't love that. I'm all out of crayons. This is how I feel. I want a truck to hit your stupid baby in the face. Like that kind of thing. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't like the baby crying at night. He can hear that upstairs. Same. Damn. I think you really sold me on the kid drew all the photos, Mikey. <laughs> or not photos, but pictures. <laughs> the, the picture. Well, and then you see when you see the demon, his fucking fingers are too long to draw like this. There's no way he could draw accurately with those <laughs> hot with dog those ass fingers. Ass, yeah, with those tiny ass crayons. <laughs> He's one tall, lanky motherfucker. He ain't getting these two inch crayons and doing a picture that nice. Those hands were made for dunking, not for drawing. <laughs> exactly. And just like other upset art school rejects, this demon went on to do terrible, terrible things. Terrible, terrible mm -hmm. things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like play for the Lakers. <laughs> no, guys. He's on the demonic version of the Harlem Globetrotters, like the evil version of that. I honestly am pretty sure I saw this guy in the first Space Jam movie playing against the All-Stars. Yes! Yes! Yeah, I'm just, but I'm just picturing it with the Harlem Glo Globetrotters music. Yeah. Like, do, do, do. <laughs> he dunked yeah. on Bill Murray. <laughs> <laughs> Yao Ming ain't got nothing on him. God. <laughs> that wingspan? <laughs> 
He's uh, an Olympian uh. in the making. Yeah. And from hell, our first round draft pick. What? We didn't even know the demon's name. We couldn't. We couldn't like call him out for the draft. Yeah. It's Ram, bro. My name is Ram, and I play basketball. <laughs> the Rams select. <laughs> Wait, aren't Rams football? I honestly. L.A. Yeah, yeah it's the L.A. Rams. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> And hey, I mean, he could be a pretty good, you know, defensive lineman or an offensive guy catching stuff in the end zone. I mean, if this guy has any athletic ability, he could be the next Bo Jackson. I don't know why we're talking like we're scouts at like a like training camp. Like we could move on from like I got a lot of fucking money riding on these games. Ram the demon can run a three nine four four forty. You know. I mean, here's what I have to say. There's no rule that says a demon can't play basketball. <laughs> How is this not a movie? Instead of Teen Wolf, you're just like a demon. Demons in the outfield. Yeah, like just take <laughs> take the the plot from <laughs> take the plot from Air Bud, and it's just just insert demon instead of golden retriever, and you've got this movie. Oh. I want demons in the outfield, where Annabelle dolls in one hand, the kids in the other, jumping seven feet up to catch the baseball, and everyone's just like flapping, and they're like bat wings. <laughs> <laughs> Dodge country <laughs> This movie sucks <laughs> Anyway That fucking psychopathic kid Wrote a bunch of like Disturbing pictures To that woman Yeah So she goes upstairs To her Her doctor husband Is like Um We should find their parents Right <laughs> Like, this is... I mean, he even suggests, he's like, listen, if Leah did this, we'd want to know, right? So, like, yeah. Right. I don't think they actually go do that, though, right? They can't. They don't know their names. They have no way to find them. That's why I'm like, maybe it was the demon the whole time. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Anyway. I just think they're lazy. Yeah. (laughs) I think the husband was like, yeah, I'll totally do that. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and he's like, hey, tomorrow night, let's have, like, dinner, an adult conversation, but he's late and doesn't show. Yeah. And she's playing the original Cherish on vinyl love it uh turns it off and then it just magically turns back on annabelle was like no hon that song slaps we're hearing at least the end yeah yeah then yeah he put that other record on and it was it's the harlem Globetrotter song page i was gonna try and whistle it earlier but i can't whistle well enough to like yeah i just can't anyway so she goes to the window and a gust of wind blows her to the ground and a little girl runs past her and the sewing machine turns on and she gets up goes down the hallway and sees the little girl in the nursery and she's like who are you and there's like wind blowing and the little girl runs as the door shuts but then the door hides the fact that literally by the time the door opens back up again. It's the bigger cult lady. Yeah. And it's a scary switcheroo. It is very scary. Like, I jumped in my skin. Yes. I, did, I thought there was too much of a delay between the people. They do get better at this the longer the Conjuring verse goes on. Because this is this is a bait and switch they've used multiple times. We have seen this a few times. And this one still scared me. But they've done it better on other ones. Yeah. Anyway, she tells her husband, and he's like, Pretty sure you just have postpartum depression. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's logically probably what's going on. (laughs) And she's like, so do you think I should talk to a shrink? He's like, no, a priest. What's wrong with you? And I'm like, no, no, no. Maybe she should talk to a therapist. He's not a great doctor. You know, he's still in residency. Yes. (laughs) He hasn't done his OB rotation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He learns about postpartum. I like that Annabelle is just like a cheerleader that cheers on the number one round draft pick Ram. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) 
This is back when even the NFL cheerleaders wore very sensible gowns. Yes, yes. So they can do those high kicks and you can't see their ankles. Exactly. Well, I'm just not ready to see ankles right now. It's been a while. <laughs> anyway, they go to see Father Perez and he's like, yeah, I can understand why you're upset. You've been through a fucking lot in the yeah. last few months. A lot. <laughs> he does a decent job. Yeah. Yeah. No, I. here's the thing. Do I think she should go to a therapist? Yes. Do I think that he also gives them good advice at this time? Yeah. Also, yes. Also, yes. <laughs> yeah. Because he's like, you've been through like literally the best and worst life can offer in like a month and a half. So like, I get that you're having struggles. Yes. And she's like... You're right. We can beat this. So they go home. They run into Evelyn and they kind of exchange hellos. This is the first time Evelyn meets John. And she's like, hey, if you ever want to tour the neighborhood, call me. I've lived here a long time. We cut to the apartment and she hears something in the house because the radio seems to have turned on by itself. Now, this is an Easter egg that I think they did on accident because they didn't pay enough attention to a lot of the other stuff in the movie from the period. I think they maybe did this one as an oopsie that turns out to be a cool Easter egg. The song playing is Spiral Staircases More Today Than Yesterday. Yeah. It was actually the first, the like the father-daughter dance at my wedding. But Oh, oh really? It was because it was one of my favorite songs as a child. That's so sweet. As an adult, I will tell you that the Spiral Staircase is a band named after a house in Hollywood where a lot of hippies and counterculture people would hang out. Specifically, the Manson family lived there for like three months, and that's where they recruited most of the family. Is it Brian Wilson's house? No, they moved to Brian Wilson's house after okay, the Spiral okay, Staircase. Okay, okay, okay. But this is a band made up of musicians that met there and then named their band after it. So okay. the fact that they're playing a spiral staircase song and it's this like fake cult thing, I'm like, you could have used that if you had done your homework. <laughs> but like they just play it in the background at one point. I mean, that's cool, though. Yes. So she puts the baby down. She breaks down some cardboard boxes and she's taking them down to storage. Yeah. This is the scariest part of this movie for me. Yeah. When she gets off that elevator and it's like dark and she has a flashlight, I was like, oh, I fucking hate this movie already. And literally, <laughs> I turned it off and was like, I'll watch the rest tomorrow morning, like three minutes from when she first arrives. Like, <laughs> from right now? Yeah. yeah. So she hears metal squeaking while she's putting these boxes away. Yeah, and she had to like walk down the like alley of like storage units on either side, yeah. but it's not like closed off storage units, like like a chain link fence all the way to the top of the ceiling or whatever. Mm -hmm. So she gets down to theirs, opens it, puts the shit down, but and she starts to hear stuff. You right? mean Ram's practice gym? <laughs> well, she she sees a pram just kind of roll out. Yeah. With a light on it. And now it does look like they're pram, but it's in black instead of green. Yeah. But it's the same design. Okay. But also, this is lifted entirely, entirely from Rosemary's Baby. Really? Yes. yes. Okay. But also, the end of Rosemary's Baby, she gets up to the party where they're, she believes that they're doing rituals or whatever. And their pram, which is black, is there at the party and she approaches it and looks inside it, like literally almost shot for shot this. Yeah. Looks inside it and then it's just like, his eyes, what have you done to his eyes? And you see like the little baby hand is like a demon hand. Like, okay. And that's the end of the movie, basically. Ah, uh, okay. So she looks in the pram. There's like bloody sheets. 
and there's a demon hand. She runs. That demon hand grabbing her scared the shit out of me. But yeah, she runs immediately back to the elevator and is like, sixth floor, get me out of here. Yeah. But because she hits it three times and that's 666, it just leaves her in the elevator. So she never leaves that ground level. Yeah. Ram couldn't let her go, but he's actually doing a post-game interview on the floor right now. And he and they're like, what's your secret? He's like, baby souls in the morning. Baby souls in the morning. We gave 110%. We just outran them. We did our conditioning. We were in the right place at the right time. We played the right game today. We practice our demon fundamentals. I'd like to thank my mother and Satan. <laughs> I couldn't have done this without the man downstairs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like pointing down. And you know what? I'm going to Knott's Berry Farm. <laughs> <of> Disneyland. <laughs> and then it's back across the river sticks for me. <laughs> or Halloween Horror Nights. Either one. Anyway. So she has a scratch on her arm in what we will find out is the cult symbol. And she's pressing the elevator and it just keeps opening on that same floor. Yeah. Now, this is where I just typed in my notes. I mean, Pasadena do be haunted, though. (laughs) (laughs) Never going to Pasadena. I mean, there's some cool stuff there. So the lights flicker. It's still that same floor. And she literally, like, it's so tense in that elevator. And those doors open on that same floor three or four times. I think it's four. I think they do it one more than you expect, which they do it. It's so creepy. It's too long, though. Elvin's like, okay. (laughs) I actually had time to be scared. And then it happened. (laughs) Happened two more times. So on the second time after I was scared, I was like, lady, the doors work, but nothing else works. So like (laughs) I had time to process a joke in that moment. Yeah, Yeah, like I thought his hand was gonna come through or something, or you know, but like stop the door, right? Yeah. Yeah, I thought so too. I thought for sure. Yeah. I was just hearing John Lovitz's voice in my my head from a league of their own, like, see around here, the elevator moves, not the floors. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, she looks out, she sees an exit sign. Yeah. Which by the way. Those kinds of exit signs don't exist a little bit newer than 1970. Yeah, but she makes a run for it. She gets out. Uh, She trips and falls as she kind of runs up the stairs and looks down through the staircase and sees that hand a couple floors below her. So she takes off running. She's kind of locked out of the door. It has followed her up. Yeah. She gets inside at the last minute, but her arm is still fucked up. This whole sequence is so scary. I literally turned it off and went to bed. Really? Yeah. When was it like the first when the elevator opened and you realized she hadn't moved the first time? It was right before she starts running out of the elevator. I I feel like the elevator scene slipped. I just wasn't scared this movie did not scare me i was so scared man the the elevator scene is the one that like actually i was like okay this is done really well yeah i felt like a lot of the other jump scares were telegraphed pretty obviously but the elevator was great i just felt like his design of just being like this eight foot tall thing in the basement was like okay that's kind of silly yeah it looks kind of goofy yeah and then but it didn't jump at her I mean, it didn't then. It does later in the movie. Yeah. Anyway, so she wakes up the next morning and she's put bandages over her arm, but the next morning it's completely gone. And the reason her husband hasn't been here through all this is he's working nights. We will find out. Yeah. But I honestly, at this point, was like, okay, is she just like Wolverine and she heals real quickly? Because we also saw her cut her finger and then that not be a problem That's immediately. So like, well, yeah. you see, Ram was just <laughs> showing her that he stole the crayons from the kids so he wouldn't mess with her anymore. And and like Drew, he can't speak well, so he just drew on her arm and she got freaked out about it. Oh, and she just thought it was blood. 
Yeah. Mm. Ah, okay. See, I thought that it was a case of like the demon is creating illusions for her, like we will see later in the movie. And so she was never hurt. It just made her think that she was. That I actually would buy too. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like that you put that my theory and pages on the same level. I appreciate that. Listen, Mikey, your theory was insane. <laughs> would I have loved to have seen it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she calls the detective in and she's like, hey, I know I said that I didn't want to know anything, but now I need to know fucking everything. Please yeah. show me the crime scene photos. I did love that, which is what I probably would have done in that situation too. Yeah. Like if I'm sure I'm going to have to fight a demon, I want to know as much as possible about said demon. So he shows her first the file of Annabelle Higgins, the young girl. Now, here's the thing about this file. If you look close at it, it contains two photos. One of them is a Polaroid and the other one is a developed photo. Yeah. But first of all, the Polaroid. Now, they did have Polaroids back at the time, but they looked very different. And this is very much a modern, a more modern Polaroid. It's like an 80s Polaroid as opposed to one from like 1971. Yeah. Or 70 at this point. Then the photo behind it is completely modern. That is like a <laughs> 90s photograph. And she's not even dressed period appropriate. It looks like it is, it is one of the most obvious anachronisms in this film. Yeah. It is wild. <laughs> but then he shows her these kind of larger blown up crime scene photos. And she sees the symbol that was on her arm. And it's like, hey, so uh, were they like trying to summon a demon? And he's like... Yeah, but like, who cares, right? And like, she's that just stuff like, doesn't exist, so don't even worry about it. Hocus pocus. They were trying to summon the best basketball player that's ever <laughs> been imagined. It's not possible. Yes. And she finds a photo with the symbol and she's like, does the symbol mean any anything to you? And he's like, okay, fine. Their cult was called the Disciples of Ram. They were trying to bring about a demon. They need two souls. And he's just like exposition bots onto her. Yeah. So she goes to the bookstore. Runs into Evelyn is like, hey, turns out the apartment's haunted. And Evelyn's like, cool, aisle four. Yeah, I did love that. Yeah. I was like, how did she miss the my apartment's haunted section of section. <laughs> the, the bookstore? Here's Poltergeist for dummies. Yeah. Did you move the stones? <laughs> All right. Um, but she sits down and has a conversation with Evelyn where Evelyn's like, I don't think it's a ghost. I think it's a demon because ghosts haunt places. Demons haunt people, basically. Yeah. Which is overly simplistic, but sure. Well, I, I, I got the impression that, like, ghosts yeah. haunt places and demons collect human souls, sort of. Right, right, right. Yeah. And usually if you're conjuring, it's a demon, not a ghost. Yes. So yeah. uh, she then tells her a little bit about, like, I lost a daughter that was your age and I felt like I had nothing else to live for. But I heard her voice and it told me it wasn't my time. And you, too, have a purpose to protect your family. And this is the the conversation that the movie gives us to be like, see, it's totally fine that we kill the one person of color in this movie. Yeah, it's a OK. She wanted it. And you're just like, no, <sighs> what? She hates selling books. I mean, I know a lot of people who worked at Barnes and Nobles and it's a common, common thing <laughs> anyway. <laughs> So we cut to she tries to go back to the apartment and she has the books in the pram and is carrying the baby. Yeah. She goes to unlock the apartment. The pram rolls into the street and a green garbage truck exactly like the one drawn in the drawings, but also completely out of historical context. Like a modern that is day a, garbage truck. A modern truck. day garbage truck. Yeah. Uh, just plows through that pram. I think I even saw one of those like mechanical arms on the side. That it picks has up it. Yeah. 
yes. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know if they had that back in the day. They did, but the truck would have looked very different. Sure. I mean, this is a this is literally the same kind of garbage truck that picks up my garbage today. <laughs> like, but is that because they haven't updated the fleet in 60 years? No. Or, okay. Absolutely yeah. not. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Here's why it's so bonkers is because they went to the trouble of putting like period appropriate cars along the sidewalk in front of the apartment building. Yeah. And then a fully modern garbage truck just like and literally right next to them. So like it is impossible not to see it. You're yeah. just like, what? Like, what is this? So she goes through the books in her apartment and finds that there's things for spilling the blood of kin and spilling the blood of the innocent. So she goes into the nursery. She hears the rumbling upstairs and suddenly the doors close. She's trapped yeah. The baby is out in the living room with the books and she looks under the door and the doll just like falls <laughs> in front of her face. That scared the hell out of me too, man. Like, ugh. I laughed. I laughed. <laughs> I hate jump scares so much. Like they totally get me and I fucking I think hate you it. You mean Anna fell. <laughs> <laughs> Not Annabelle. Exactly. I, I just it happened and in my brain, my brain like auto-completed a voiceover that was just, it's me, bitch. Just like <laughs> <laughs> that would have made me laugh if I'd had that thought. I also was like, Ugh. they're not gonna kill a baby with book. Like I don't, I'm not super concerned. Yeah, because they're for knocking baby. books off the the bookshelf around the baby. Well, that's why we have to ban books because to protect the children. No. What are you, a Florida governor? <laughs> not yet. Anyway, so <laughs> she uses the rocking chair to break the handle off the door. So she gets out. She gets to the living room, and we watch as the doll floats and this is where the demon is behinding behind it just <laughs> shaking it <laughs> and that scared me i can't believe i did not scare you guys like it scared me no, I, it looks silly as shit i didn't yeah. even realize he was shaking it because i was like so locked in on demon face he's like peeking out from behind it yeah it looks like how i look when i play with like my goddaughters or whatever i'm like hey, hey you look like a demon when you're playing with your goddaughters no you just hold it all up and you shake it and you make a silly voice oh yeah i do that same thing with my animals <laughs> here's my thing it's a demon a what does it need the doll for at all like the doll right. is an afterthought but b it's a demon it's in her living room it's it's huge it has the hands it has great defense it's got a huge <laughs> wingspan it shoots threes like nobody's business yeah. he's got a double double in the last like seven games yeah and he's like hiding behind a doll no he's the dangerous thing fuck the doll like why a doll at all well that makes me think he had a different plan or what like i don't think this demon is evil he doesn't actually do anything to hurt anybody i'm sorry i what? mean he scares her and the elevator thing and then he chases her he also kicks evelyn out of the house like he tackles her out of the house he tries to kill the priest well we don't know that piece that priest you know, kind of, I mean, priests can be bad. I know that not all priests are good. I get, I get where you're going. <laughs> Hashtag not all priests. Mr. I'm going to defend the haircutting guy, but then suddenly <laughs> throw some shade. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to have similar opinions about the haircutting guy if I see a priest walking down the street with that size doll. Yeah. I understand. I'm just saying the most exposure we get to this <laughs> demon 
the the big reveal is him just kind of trying to make the baby smile by wiggling the doll in front of them. Yeah. Because that's what he thinks of her. She's like a little baby to him. <laughs> he's like, look, I'm not scary. I just look scary, but like, look, it's a doll. And then like, she's like, ah! he's like, I'm I'm on a basketball team. I don't, yeah. I've got to play against Michael Jordan and Bill Murray here in a few minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So she screams. Her husband is coming home. He hears it. He runs upstairs. The apartment is tossed. Yeah. They do an external shot and they did this external shot to try and capture some of the few light up billboards in LA that are still from that time period, but it's a completely different part of town. Like yeah. it's not anywhere close to where they are. <laughs> and so they invite the priest over and he's like, yeah, uh, it's definitely this evil doll that wants her soul. I should take it and put it in the church so that it, its power is diminished and they're like all right thanks i do love that they were like yes yeah, whatever just take the doll yeah you i i don't care what you do just take it just take it and he's he like hints- a life-size child's doll i'll take that off your hands <laughs> <laughs> that was well, so concerning to me too mikey because <laughs> I, I said it earlier but if i saw a priest carrying that size doll down the street i'd be like dark Yeah. Anyway, he does hint in this scene. He's like, there's a married couple that deals with this, uh, but they're on the East Coast. We'll have to place a call, but it'll take them a while to get here. Implying the Warrens is is who's going to take care of it. But they were probably busy scamming someone else, so they couldn't be involved in this one. I would put Annabelle in a bag or a box or I don't want to carry a doll this large down the street or in public. Yeah. Anyway, he puts it in the car, in the back of the car. But at first he buckled it into shotgun, which I thought was a weird choice. That was a weird choice. But before he's like immediately like, that's weird, and puts it in the back. So I mean, why wouldn't you just throw it in the trunk? Like, I think buckling it up is weird. Yeah, oh, all of it's weird. It's a collector's item, first off. Okay. No, you know at this point it's haunted at least. It's a double collector's item now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he leaves. And this is where she's like, thank you for believing me, husband. He's like, of course, I will always believe you. At which point I was like, is he in on it? Like Rosemary's baby? (laughs) Because like in the 1970s, a man believing a woman. Like what? That does sound unbelievable. Yes, the 70s. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, that's fair, Mikey. Yeah. Anyway, he does. Uh, Meanwhile, Father Perez drives away. Now, it shows video because it's very clearly projection around the car and it shows him driving on one of the bridges downtown that looks kind of like the haunted bridge in Pasadena but isn't the haunted bridge in Pasadena and I was like they were clearly going for this and just got it wrong or something like or couldn't get the rights to film the bridge like I don't know what's going on yeah but he turns off the radio because it keeps switching and staticking because of the doll he arrives at the church he goes to take the doll inside but the cult member ghost lady is in the car. He tries to run for the church because he sees her and he gets thrown back down onto the street, blunt force trauma style. Uh, so he ends up in the hospital. It's like the demon was standing in the door of the church and kicked him as hard as the demon could because he lands like 10 feet away from it. But he was like about to cross into it. He got this is Sparta kicked out, out <laughs> yeah. of the church. And that's why you don't steal to- toys from an eight foot tall person. Yeah. Demon. Demon. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, so at the hospital, the husband doctor goes to check on him and he just like sits by that priest the whole time. And here's the thing. I'm like, 
So the priest got hurt by the doll. You're not going to go check on your family? I did think it was wild that he was like that invested in the priest that he sat next to him until the priest woke up. Yeah. Like, I would be like, is the priest going to be okay? Okay, cool. If someone could let me know when he wakes up, here's my number. I'm going to go back to my family who was also involved in the incidents leading up to this. Right. Again. Dealing with demons is woman's work at the home. (laughs) Like, if you're going to keep a nice home, I shouldn't have to leave work to check to make sure that's going okay. Sorry, I've got, like... A lot of pent-up anger about the (laughs) patriarchy that Mikey is specifically (laughs) triggering in this moment. Yeah, yeah, but also an itchy shoulder. Anyway, Ah, so... The priest wakes up and is like, yo, that doll haunted as hell! And he's like, oh, (laughs) shit, I should probably call my wife. Like, fuck... So meanwhile, back at the apartment, Evelyn and Mia and the baby have arrived home after shopping. And this is where Evelyn tells the story of what happened to her daughter. Essentially, she fell asleep at the wheel. They got in a car accident. She blames herself yeah. and would have switched places with her. So her husband tries to call and is just like, get out of the house. <laughs> like it wants the baby's soul. Yeah, I did think it was funny that like the call connects, right? Right. And they can hear each other for a second. And the demon starts to turn this phone call into static right when the doctor husband says, father, whoever is in the ho-. Yeah. And like, and then it turns to static. I was like, oh, just in the nick of time, the demon got there to turn it to static. <laughs> yeah. And so there's a knock at the door and it appears to be Father Perez turned around, but it fully isn't. Right. And she doesn't know Dr. Perez is in the hospital. So that's like yeah. not super weird to her that Dr. Perez would be back maybe, you know? Yeah. Well, and she goes to tap on his shoulder and it is like a full ghost that just is like, may God have mercy on your soul. And you're just like, whoa, what? What is <laughs> happening, Father Perez? What does this have to do with the doll? Like at all. <laughs> anyway, the house goes nuts. The record player starts playing things backward. Satanic panic special. Alfre Woodard tries to dial and the phone is dead. The baby is missing. All the dolls are fucked up and covered in blood. Yeah. And Alfre Woodard is like, we need to get the hell out of here. Like, you know, hey. like and she is never wrong. No, never. Yeah. They hear the baby crying, but they can't see the baby anywhere. It's like it has disappeared. Yeah. And Alfre Woodard goes to open the door and it just knocks her down the stairs out of the apartment. Yeah, yeah. And that reveal is the where we think it's just the people upstairs fighting, but it's actually the demon sort of running on the ceiling at her, like on yes. all fours. And as they track the sound and then look up, the camera shifts up and you see the demon on the ceiling. Fuck, that scared me. And that's when it jumps and takes Evelyn outside and the door closes and locks. Yeah, that didn't scare me because it. I that's when I noticed that this demon kind of looks like toothless from How to Train Your Dragon. <laughs> okay, so okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did. Yeah, I can see that, yeah. He was misunderstood too, yeah. So it kicks Alfred Woodard out. It locks Mia in the apartment and this is where the crayon rolls into the hallway. She goes into the nursery and it's written all over the ceiling, just her soul. Yeah. You also see the symbol that was on her arm and on the wall in their first house where the lady right. completed suicide. So like it is like tying it all together, right? Well, she then picks up the Annabelle doll and is smashing it <laughs> or yeah. trying to smash it. 
and then throws it to the floor and then it they make it appear like it's her baby like she has bludgeoned her own baby to death but then it turns out to be a different doll yeah that first reveal of it being the baby i was like oh my god no that's terrible yeah but you know it's not that thank god right so she picks up annabelle and she's like there has to be another way please like what do you want and then on the window it says your soul and the window opens basically implying that she should jump yeah and at this point, I was like, what does it even want to do with the soul? This seems like a waste. Oh, I think the demon's just a huge fan of donut souls. So, like, uh, <laughs> so meanwhile, Alfred Woodard is climbing the stairs to try and get back into the apartment. Dr. Husband comes home. He lets Alfred Woodard in. They go to the room, the, the nursery, just in time to stop Mia from jumping out the window. And so the husband grabs her. And she's like, I have to give the soul like it needs a soul. I like we got to get her back. Yeah. And this is where Alfred Woodard is like, um, let me do it. Because like I've been super sad ever since my kid died. And this is kind of like, you know, eye for an eye. And then the audience is like, what? No, what? (laughs) Like that was a very quick decision. Why is this happening? Because she then walks through the window and jumps. We view down on the sidewalk. She is dead with the doll. Yeah. But all of a sudden, the baby's back and everything's fine. And we cut to church where they're like, God honors sacrifice. And I was like, whoa, movie. No, what? (laughs) But we then see them talking to Father Perez where he's like, no one's seen the doll. The doll disappeared. And we thought the police had it, but they don't have it. And it just says six months later. Yeah. uh, And he gives her the photo that he took when the baby was younger. And they're like, are we going to look for the doll? Nah. We just hope that whoever gets it next gets the help they need. And, and that no wait wait there's there's one scene oh shit at a vintage store where someone has found Annabelle oh yeah and buys it for their daughter who we will find out is the nurses yeah and, and that's, that's the movie. movie so having seen the movie having talked about the movie what'd you guys think about Annabelle I preferred Rosemary's Baby <laughs> <laughs> it was a movie I didn't really like the like plot elements of it but I think <laughs> as like a scare factory it's good at those things well there is also I just realized we kind of forgot it's allegedly Annabelle is in Anna, Ed and Lorraine Warren's house and there's a weird quote from Lorraine from the first Conjuring movie but yeah, whatever it doesn't evil doesn't matter. stop it just goes have you guys seen the actual Annabelle doll though it's more like a raggedy it's Ann a raggedy doll. Ann yeah. Yeah, in it's fact a you see Ann. a raggedy Ann doll in the movie yeah. over someone's uh, like shoulder as they're walking through a, c- a scene and I, yes. I was like oh that's got to be like a nod to the actual doll there right but you're just like looking at like a Raggedy Ann cloth doll inside of what looks like a Zoltan case from Big. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. not scary. <laughs> no. So like the doll in this movie is way scarier looking than the actual doll. Yeah. But I, I don't know. There are like horror movies we'll watch where I'm like, shit, that was scary, but it's a good movie. Like Hereditary is a good movie. Right. It's just also super scary. I'm hoping to never have to watch that again. Right. Um, now that we've already done a rewatch on it. But this movie is just scary. There's not like a whole lot of fun plot to it. Sort of I like felt. the nun was the original nun. Not the I'm excited for uh, coming Akila Cooper joint. That's gonna be amazing. I bet. But yeah, yeah. I didn't think it was that scary either, though. I didn't think it was that scary. Oh man, you mean this one? This movie? Yeah. yeah. No. Okay. I have similar feelings about this movie as I do the nun, and it's that I didn't really care for the movie. And it was scary. Like, it just seemed like a jump scare factory to me. I think The Nun is worse about that than this movie was. But I feel like they're on similar pages in my mind, at least. But Paige, do you have any fun facts for us? 
I do. Well, here it is with your fun facts. Raggedy Raggedy and fun facts. facts. (laughs) Uh, So the baby mobile that hangs over the crib plays the same tune as the music box from The Conjuring. Okay. Uh, Uh, Let's talk about the air quotes real Annabelle doll. Oh, nice. So the Raggedy Ann doll, the, the real Annabelle doll, was given to Donna who was a college student at the time, by her mother in 1970. So at that point, the year is correct okay. uh, as far as the movie. Cool. She and her roommate, Angie, noticed that the doll would seem to move subtlety, like subtly. Uh, and then within a few weeks, it started to move from room to room while they were gone. They hire a medium and the medium gives them the theory that Annabelle is Annabelle Higgins, a child in the 1860s whose body was found in a field that the house now occupied. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So that's different. That's different. Yeah. Now, this is one of the few Conjuring Universe movies that is most of the Conjuring purports to be based on true events. It's based around air quotes, real air, huge quotes, cases by the Warrens. Right. Um, but this is completely fictionalized entirely. Okay. So uh, it's one of the few like that. Yeah. So it, in reality, is much closer to what Ed Ro- and Lorraine Warren actually did, which is correct. Completely imaginary. Yep. Uh, so Ellen DeGeneres had an interesting experience watching this film because she watched it and thought, that building looks familiar. And it turned out that they had used her old apartment building. Uh, yes. And she said that it, it was scary back then, too, which is true. Most old apartments are creepy. It must have been the one in Hollywood that was, quote, yes. unquote, in Pasadena. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Yep. Mm-hmm. Nice. So Alfred Woodard hadn't seen The Conjuring before she started working on this film, um, but instead researched the true story air quotes true that inspired this film so okay uh the characters names mia and john are a specific reference to rosemary's baby this is confirmed by the screenwriter there are a lot of commonalities between the two of them uh including uh the fact that they're both about a young well-to-do couple in a luxury apartment building having a baby in combination with satanists trying to take over take the mother and child along with the frequent noise of the neighbors in an adjacent apartment or above are all nods to that film. I do sort of like that when like screenwriters write something, they will sometimes like leave in like the main characters names or things like that. When you're like paying homage to old movies, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. Uh, like uh, Pixar did with toy story and like right. their main character being named Andy after Chucky right. Or after right. child's play. That's cool. But like also don't copy and paste the plot. Yes. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So in a 1963 episode of The Twilight Zone titled The Twilight Zone Living Doll, the episode involves a talking doll given to a young girl by her mother. The doll's innocent vocabulary soon takes on a sinister tone, more like a Chucky, uh, especially toward okay. the girl's cruel stepfather. And the girl's mother in the episode is named Annabelle. So it's entirely possible mm. that this partially informed the true story uh, where it's something that they may have absorbed or seen on TV. Right. Okay. So they got the yes. idea from it, changed it slightly yeah. and then conned people. Yeah. Yeah. So Leah, the name Leah is shouted 89 times in the film. It, that, I, I buy that. Ah, it felt yeah. like it was at least 90 yeah, it, it breaks the record of saying a character's name repeatedly in a movie. <laughs> well, because Leah, Leah never screams back. 
No. Leah never screams back. She's just a cute little baby. Mm-hmm. We, I think we covered that coincidentally, Annabelle is the first name of the actress who plays Mia. Yes. That is purely a coincidence. The director for this film was also the cinematographer for Child's Play 3. What? Hell oh, yeah. Yep, yeah. Yep. If you look closely on the box that Annabelle is delivered in, in the beginning of the movie, it says Raven's Fair. This is actually a reference to the film Dead Silence, which features a town of the same name. James Wan also wrote and directed that film. Dead Silence? Yes, it is. Yes, that's why I included it. Okay, so that's super interesting considering what, well, we'll talk about in a second, actually. Well, Mm -hmm. Paige, thank you so much for those fun facts. Let's talk a little bit about Box Office. So this movie came out again in 2014. What do you think the production budget was for Annabelle? I, the first Conjuring had come out and it had been kind of a hit, but... James Wan tends to work in smaller budgets when he can, especially in these early days. So I'm going to say 12. Okay. Mikey, do you have a guess? 20? Uh, you're both a little bit high. It was actually $6.5 million. Oh, wow. Uh, now, if you adjust for inflation, that's around $8.2 million today. So it's a really, really small budget for, I think, what we get on screen. Yeah, I mean, it looks good for $6 million. It, Yeah, it, Yeah, that looks amazing for $6 million. And yeah. to be honest, like, if you had said it was $30 million, I would have been extra pissed. Because then I would have been like, you've got no reason not to get your set deck right. Right. Like, for the, for the time period, <laughs> if it's that much money. But for $6 million, I'm like... Yeah, you can't get a vintage garbage truck for that. Like, yeah, you know. yeah just like go get a garbage truck. Yeah. And honestly, that's a lot of that shit is stuff that like you notice because like you're super into that time period. I didn't notice any of that shit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't ruin it for everybody and it's like way cheaper. <laughs> yeah, no, no, so no for swear, sure. Like, yes. That. It makes sense. But this movie came out on October 3rd, 2014. Perfect time for a scary movie to come out. It was number two in the theaters that weekend. It was beat by Gone Girl. It was number two, of course. The Equalizer was number three. The Box Trolls was number four. And The Maze Runner was number five. What do you think Annabelle brought in in its opening weekend? The weekend of October 3rd. This was a hit, if I remember correctly. I'm going to say 10. Okay. I'm going to say more. I'm going to say 19. All right, Mikey, you are closer. It made $37.1 million in the opening weekend. And it was second. Remember, it was second, guys. The number one movie, Gone Girl, brought in $37.5 million. So it was super close to being the number one movie. It only missed out by about $400,000 on being the number one movie that week. Um, It was in theaters for a total of 11 weeks Uh, And was in the top five in its second week, but fell out of the top five in the third week and then out of the top 10 and after the fourth week. But what do you think it brought in domestically in 2014? 70. Yeah, I'm thinking 80. Actually, I'm going to go higher. Okay, Paige, you are way closer. It was eighty four point two million dollars. So it did very, very good domestically. It also did very, very well internationally. Uh, It brought in $172.5 million internationally for a total of $256.8 million. Again, on a $6 million budget, which is insane. And now I know why there's four sequels to this movie or whatever. I mean, Mm. (laughs) yeah. Like if you adjust that $256.8 million 
for inflation. That's $324.5 million today. It made tons of money. Yeah. So they're going to make these forever, I bet. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but that's your box office. So, Mikey, do you want to hit him with that scary scale? Yeah, our scary scale listeners is a scale of how scary we found the film when we watched it today. Our one example is Ghostbusters, and our 10 example is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Page. I, I'm torn between a two and a three. I like I, I would give it <sighs> oh, uh, like a two like a two point five, and that's mostly for that elevator scene. All right. Two point five. Todd. I'm gonna give it a six. Jesus. It scared me, guys. <laughs> I don't handle jump scares well, and there were a lot of jump scares in this movie that were effective. I think for me they, they weren't, weren't effective because <laughs> yeah. they telegraphed them so much. I was like, oh, she's gonna run through that door. Telegraphing it doesn't make me not scared of it when it happens. I literally saw the older woman actor throw the child actor so she could run through the other part of the door. <laughs> well, and also like the doll dropping like in the, you know, when she's looking under the door, that made me laugh. So like, okay. I don't know. Yeah, all of those things made me scream like a child. Okay, well, I'm going to give it a two. <laughs> I just realized when the demon is holding that doll, traveling like because <laughs> oh. <laughs> they're not dribbling yeah <laughs> oh, such a good basketball joke. fun fact <laughs> basketball is the worst oh, sport i'm at like out of all sports oh, you're terrible at i'm also terrible at it. i played church i'm not league good once. at most sports <laughs> anyway that's our scary scale <laughs> did you give it a number two also we didn't do a scary scale for megan would you guys like to do a scary scale for megan right now uh, one the, on the fun scale, it was a 10. Hell yeah, it was uh, a 10. scary scale, it was a 1 for me. But I'm going to give it a 1 as well. So this week, you all made us watch Annabelle. Next week, it's listener request, and the listeners have chosen a movie that Paige mentioned during Fun Facts, Dead yes. Silence, as the final movie to close out Toy Month. So your homework for next week is to watch, I think it came out in 2017. What movie? It came out in 2007. It's a movie called Dead Silence. Never seen it. Excited about Me it. Me neither. I am excited as well. But as Paige mentioned in Fun Facts, it, it's a James Wan directed, Lee Wan L and James Wan written joint. Yeah. So it's like back when they were still writing things and doing things together. They become yes. big later on. I bet it's pretty decent. Yeah. yeah, I bet it's pretty decent as well. So that is your homework for next week. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? Yeah. Awesome. Well, whose review are you going to read this week? Freezer Books. What does Freezer Books have to say? They say, can't miss podcasts. Oh, I thank you. I love this podcast so much and get excited about every episode that shows up on my feed. I laugh out loud every single episode. Nice. Five stars. Oh, thank well, you. Thank you so much, Freezer Books, for that amazing five star review. And if you want to have Mikey read your five star review, leave us a five star review. So, guys, if you like this show but want to hear this power thruple on another movie review show about romance and romantic comedies, check out Romancing the Pod, where Mikey, Paige, and I break down and make fun of romantic movies. It's a lot of fun, guys. Check it out. If you want to follow us on social, please do. We are at Horror Virgin or online at HorrorVirgin.com. If you want to follow us all individually, you can do that as well. Paige is at Paige Wesley on Twitter or Rampage Wesley everywhere else, including TikTok. 
TikTok. Mikey is at M Randolph 24 and I am at Todd J Awesome. If you like the show so much and you want to help financially support it, please do by going to patreon.com slash horror virgin where you can get a lot of great levels and a lot of great stuff like bonus episodes, director's cut episodes where they're a little bit longer and you get them actually a day earlier mm-hmm, than the regular mm-hmm. feed drop. We do a lot of great things like listener requests and stuff like that. So guys, check out yeah. the Patreon and help support the show. If you want to financially support me, but not Todd, just look me up on Venmo. If you can't financially support the show, that's understandable. That's fine. But if you want to hang out with us on the daily, join the Facebook group uh, at facebook.com slash group slash virgin. We also link it like once a week. So just find it there and join the awesome Facebook group. Literally, we're in there talking every day. It's awesome. And guys, we got a P.O. box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. And if you want to check out our Twitch stream, we're at twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome, where we will be playing horror video games. So if you have always wondered what it would be like to watch me get scared, you can now do that on Twitch while I play these horror games. It's twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome, guys. Check it out. It's a lot of fun for you. Not a lot of fun for me. And if you haven't noticed, since October 1st, we have been running the new Horror Virgin blog. And when I say we, I really mean Katie from the Facebook group. She's been running everything. She's like the managing editor of the Horror Virgin blog. So if you haven't been to our Horror Virgin blog, go check it out. It's at horrorvirgin.com slash blog. You'll see it. It's awesome. There's a lot of great articles. I mean, at the end of October, we have 31 awesome articles up. But check out our awesome Horror Virgin blog up now. This episode was brought to you by Tia. And Tia has a teenager that's just driving her crazy. So how is Tia's teenager driving her crazy this week? She keeps drawing pictures of the other neighborhood kids being hit by cars and giving it to their mothers. Yeah, that is pretty messed up. But like, does she have a good reason? Like, I guess my my question is, wow, are those kids shitty? You know, maybe Tia need, just needs to dig into it more. Maybe there's other things going on. I'm not going to parent someone else's kid. Yeah, right yeah, now. Tia, yeah. you're the parent. You handle it. But this episode was also brought to you by a man named Jonathan. Jonathan wants me to show you guys some videos. So I'm going to share my screen right now. So this is the video. It's every 80s movie has a Mentos scene and it's showing <laughs> they dropped the music into. That's great. It's um. Tremors. Well, Tremors. first off, Tremors is a 90s movie, so. Also, I'm just admiring Fred Ward. I know, dude. Fred Ward was great. Mentos Freshness. Fresh goes better with Mentos Freshness. Honestly, that does line up really well. It does line that up really awesome. well. Well, Jonathan, thank you so much for sending that video. And thank you so much for the support. We appreciate it. We now return you to another slightly confusing and maybe perhaps out of time episode of The, the Patreonicals. Okay. here we are hell yeah where are we mikey in deep space i mean we used to be in the space around planet crouton but planet crouton got blown to bits yeah delicious delicious bready bits now it's just regular regular space now because the planet like of a thousand million voices cried out all at once
<laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you, Obi Mike Kenobi. There's a giant moon that looks just like our moon. <gasps> it's it's a spaceship. It's the mothership. That's no moon. On yeah. Is it not. the Munder ship? It's the Munder ship. So yes, they excellent. built a spaceship that looks like the moon because that was their home. Yes. I honestly love that for them. Danielle, the Moon Queen is bathing in the tears of the conquered. And we're very much <laughs> enjoying it. All right. <laughs> Aaron, the moon general, was like, okay, good. The planet-killing weapon does work. This is fantastic news for us. Yes, Libby is just staring at Wes, who is now in their cage, and, and he's just he's just very handsome. So they're just staring at him and making him do different poses. Yeah, I mean, it would be like having the Mona Lisa on your wall. Like, he's that handsome. People are, like, lining up to come see this yes. dude. Yeah, well, and then he's the father of maybe half of the Mun population at this point. We cloned him for, like, a year. Or he had Mun babies grow out of his Voldemort body for, like, a year. <laughs> that is true. Okay. So he, like a lot of people are just coming to me like, oh, hey, dad. And he's like, I don't like this. Yeah. <laughs> Have y'all ever seen the movie Mom and Dad Save the World? No. no. What? I don't remember made for TV movies from 1993. It's not a made for TV I'm movie. I'm sure. Yeah, it sounds like a high budget, awesome movie. It was a high budget movie. I'm <laughs> sure it bombed. But anyway, we have real... Patreonicles has real Mom and Dad Save the World vibes going on. This is a joke that one person out there will get. Thank you. All right. All right. <laughs> Back on the other, the Santa Maria Donut ship. Before we move on, can I just say that Mom and Dad Saved the World is a 1992 sci-fi comedy? So I was very close when I said 1993 or whatever. I mean, yeah, that's a good time frame. But John Lovitz is in it. Jeffrey Jones is in it. So it's got some actors. One of the races is like really dumb. And there's a grenade that just says, pick me up. And every time they pick it up, it kills everyone who picks it up. <laughs> Okay, now I understand how that has very patriarchal's energy. <laughs> yeah, yes. In the ship, they've they've landed. They because they're they're injured. the The ship's broken. There's the word. Nailed word, it. I you would found like. it. Yes, we've taken damage. <laughs> and they've landed. Amy <laughs> sets it down with Captain Bruder. Captain Bruder's like, Amy, set us down right there. And they're on another planet, and it's a beautiful, lush garden of a planet. Nice. And, okay. Um, they're like, hey, what about that new robot, Sunzi? And go check it out. So the nanobites, he goes, okay. And it like all goes out. Wait, Sunzi is nanobites? It's a AI robot nanobots. So he is like million ants from that one Rick and Morty episode, but he's made up of nanobots. Yeah. That actually is a very terrifying robot design to me. Yeah, it's pretty scary, but <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Uh, but it's safe, and it, it's like no, it's like pure Jurassic. It's like Jurassic Parkish. So they get out. Oh, uh, Karun, you mean like the planet is? Yeah. So Karun gets out, kills a raptor, and starts eating it. You know, for reasons. <laughs> right, because he's hungry. Right. Kate gets out and is like having to like move the wings around with her mind. To the fix wings? It. It, the whole ship's fucked up, you know? Oh, like they're trying okay. to fix it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Dreskel is building the time device again of like, we've got to get to a different timeline. This one really sucks. Yeah. And um, Jennifer with a PH and Anthony are with them and they're like, what if we make a sliders like device to go into the multiverse? Oh no. And they're oh, like, well, that's no. going to take a lot of research. This should be the B plot moving forward. And they're like, exactly. So that's what those <laughs> three are working on. Uh, Shining Donut, uh, he has grown some sprinkles to feed to dinosaurs <laughs> around the ship. Wow. I love that. Nathan, the professional wrestler, is tanning because he's lost some of his fake tan. 
in, the, <laughs> in space. He's like, listen, if I can't do laundry and gym, I'm at least going to tan. Yeah. Allie the mermaid also tanning because she's lost some of her tan next to him. It's a relaxation episode. Right. Uh, which is a transitional episode, as they call it. They're just hanging out on the beach. Yes. Jeremy with the laser eyes is still mourning the loss of his toe, <laughs> but is also tanning topless. I can't wait till Mikey writes down a second thing about this character. Who knows? <laughs> he's got laser <laughs> eyes and he's lost a toe. That's two things. Right. Yeah. He's been real sad about his toe for like a month. Todd, if you lost a toe, how sad would you be and how long? God damn it, Mikey. I hate that you're sort of right. It would be <laughs> at least a month. Yeah, at least a month. All right. Sorry, Jeremy. I didn't mean to step in the way of your grief process. Uh-huh. Uh Cody sets up he's Cody and Boezy are kidnapping local flora and fauna to supply their pawn shop and they're in <laughs> all sorts of shenanigans out there with that and keep in mind that they are using boezy's space jet ski that he invented last episode that mikey oh, yeah. forgot about yeah and they're so it's like this, shit yeah, exactly yeah. it's like a speeder from star wars but it can go up into space too it's like a but it's just a ski do <laughs> <laughs> uh lauren the cave person is knocking the shit out of dinosaurs and Hell making yeah. big dinosaur steaks, which I think we've done before, but they're doing it again. It was a big hit. Nice. Uh, Mr. Rage Bomb is also tanning with the rest of the crew. <laughs> I mean, that's how he charges. He's got, he's got to get that solar power yeah, inside of him so he can explode. Going. Yeah, mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. just makes sense. Uh, Vance, the serial killer, is tied up completely <gasps> by Garotica because oh, no. she's like, there's no NPCs for him to murder this week. Let's keep him contained. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sophia the time cop has been kidnapped by Anthony the magician, who is basically like the Darth Vader for the months because everyone hates magicians. <laughs> but <laughs> they don't trust him for sure. Right. And Anthony's like, he kidnapped her off that planet on his own special starfighter, which we'll get into that later. Uh, but he's like, what are they working on? So he, he's taking them back to the, the death Mun, And then um, uh, Wolfric is finally turned back into a person. And then he is also tanning. So that's great. Karun and Natasha have grief sex about their planet blowing up. Oh, and it's awkward. It's awkward for everyone else. It's awkward to hear about. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll get into it more next week. And that's our episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we'll have to find out what Mikey has in store next week on another episode of The, the Patreonicals. That's going to be it for us, you guys, and Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your horror virgin, Todd. Keep it ooky spooky. Yeah. Have a great week. Bye. Your pop figurines are going to come to life and kill you, nerds. <laughs>